Independent wrestling is pretty damn fucking cool. We're sitting down in the spotlight and squirt circle with Rhino. And we're trying to bring more awareness to the independent professional wrestling scene. Undoubtedly thankful for anybody that just decided to tune in and actually liked us enough to keep listening. Welcome into Grapple Talk, ladies and gents, the flagship edition. I'm Nick Ragnar, joined by Jesse Von Ruden. And Jesse, we have a phenomenal episode lined up for today. Guess why? Uh, actually, I already know why, but I have to guess, right? You already know why, so don't bother guessing. It's because well, yes, we are guess. sitting down and chit-chatting with the Beer City Bruiser. Yeah, coming off probably one of the greatest weekends of his whole career, the uh, two-night excursion there in Japan with Arena of Honor, Honor Rising. Yep. Man, I, I don't know. I haven't seen anyone locally in so long who got as much buzz as he got this past weekend. Yeah, man, and it's going to be really fun to have him on as you know we've had in previous conversations, a really big supporter of the podcast, of the network. We appreciate everything that he's been doing for us for a number of years. He was actually one of our first interviews when we started uh, a few years ago and uh, really was have, has always been a big supporter of ours, so it's awesome to see him on this big stage, and we kind of talk about that here in a little bit. We just wrapped up our phone call with him, so stay tuned for that. I know you guys are going to definitely enjoy that one, getting his – um, you know, hearing hearing from him, his experiences in Japan, what his takeaways were after, again, just a phenomenal tour. And then uh, also actually kind of touches on uh, Thumper's Den a little bit and how uh, happy he is with uh, the success of the the uh, Academy students. So uh, definitely want to hear about that as well. And you know what? Honestly, Jesse, I just want to make sure that we had a good uh, uh, full-fleshed introduction for that because quite honestly – we started. We just we hit the ground running with that interview. It felt like we we called. We were like, "All right, dude, let's get into this." And boom, the interview started. And I honestly do not remember if we actually ever said this is who we're talking to. I really do not yeah, remember. Yeah, actually, we did. Did we, we did, really? Like okay. right away? Did you did you black out? I think I did. Like do you I was have a giddy. Fever? I was giddy with anticipation. You don't have a fever? Are you ill? It was a good. I mean, I was excited to hear. It, you know, because again, this is an experience that a lot of guys in this area don't have and honestly dude we're kind of out of our element right when's the last time we did a fucking interview oh god like a year like two years ago maybe it's been a oh, lot god. like since the yeah. last I, the, I the 100th episode i don't know since the last the year in review of last year when we interviewed all the award winners probably you know that's but but, yeah, but it's because like we did kind of change up the format there for a little bit and a lot of it was just out of necessity yeah, it yeah. really was you know it was yeah. difficult lining up the interviews but when something this big comes up uh we, and by we, I mean AC Riley, go the extra mile to set up the interview with BCB, and we're so happy to do that, and we're really happy to bring that to you later on in this episode. Um, but until we get there, we have some stuff to talk about. Yeah, yeah, we, uh, we're on the road to WrestleMania. Yeah. 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 Less than six weeks away. We are less than six weeks away from the road to WrestleMania. And I know that most of you probably don't give two shits about our opinions on WWE's <laughs> current product, and you'd rather hear the interview. So if that's the case, use your handy dandy uh, seek. Can we, can we actually put a timestamp on it, like when when we want to have people just go to the interview? Yeah, and can just go to the interview. Absolutely, like, you can probably do that. In, like, I can, post, right? I can, I can definitely do that. We can definitely make sure that if you don't give two shits about what we have to say, because honestly, for us, the downloads and the views of the episode are exactly the same, regardless of which portions you listen to. Yeah, basically. So for us, success also comes from just simply blabbering about absolutely nothing for ten minutes uh, right before we get into our what awesome, if, fantastic. What if people are just listening to the podcast? For like the the third segment, oh my god, 
then I yeah. have pity on their souls because they have nothing to live for if that is what they are living for is to listen to the third segment of our Gravel Talk like show. All right, well, if you've been living to hear about our thoughts and opinions on Elimination Chamber, we're going to drop him really hot right now. Nick, uh, hey. yeah. so the main event, of course, the winner of the Elimination Chamber, the largest Elimination Chamber match ever with seven guys in it. Whoa, was started Roman, off as a triple threat. Started off as a triple threat, but the winner was Roman Reigns. Now, this is something that we've been talking about for months on and basically – telegraphed back back in the summer that Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, was probably going to be the main event there for WrestleMania, and it's official now. It's official, but really kind of like the, one of the stars in the matchup had to be Braun Strowman. I'm going to give you my initial perception okay. of um, exactly what happened that night, and I think it's kind of twofold because it was mm-hmm. an um, instant reaction, and then it was the reaction after Monday Night Raw. Initial reaction, honestly, I sat there thinking – after the match finished and Roman Reigns was announced, I sat there and I went, God damn, once again, at least in the biggest of moments, Roman Reigns to me did not feel like the guy that should have won that match and ultimately go on to headline WrestleMania. I know people are talking, oh my God, AJ Styles, not going to No, it's going to be Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns. That's how it's going to be. It's going to end the night. But mm-hmm. the thing is, is that there's nothing that Roman Reigns dur- did during that matchup that to me was like, holy shit, that dude had a really good showing. As you just mentioned, Braun Strowman eliminated everybody else. Yep. And he was built up to be the fucking strongest wrestler in the history of professional wrestling. He took like 18 finishers. Yep. He was pinned by four dudes at one time. Mm-hmm. And then he was also, he basically was killed like 18 times. Yes. And he kicked out of everything, and then all of a sudden Roman Reigns hits him with a spear. One, two, three. Well, he's gone. Nick, he hit him with like four spears and like eight Superman punches. It's, I'm just saying, yeah, dude, that's fuck, it's saying. fucking stupid. Okay, here, here's the weird thing. And again, I don't, and this, and this is what kind of made me had this, this realization, this coming to, uh, coming of Jesus um, during this matchup, is that I surveyed, when I was just watching, and they had at one point they had everybody that was in the chamber in the ring at one time. And I remember going, man, some of these dudes are really hot right now. Miz is like quite possibly the hottest in his entire career for his in-ring work, his ability on the microphone. Seth Rollins coming off one of the best performances in the history of Monday Night Raw. You know, th- and Nick, and let's just put it out there right now. He came off a uh, his greatest performance of all time in a fucking throwaway match. Yeah, he really did. Yeah, Finn Balor, who's kind of reinventing himself in, in some in the club and kind of trying to find his identity, trying to rebuild his persona after initially winning the Universal Title and then getting injured. And he's Bron- getting some legit pops. Yeah, Braun Strowman, who arguably is quite possibly the biggest star on Monday Night Raw outside of Brock Lesnar at this point. I think based on the reaction, you have to admit this guy this guy, yeah. this guy is basically, you know, he's, he's a huge superstar. Elias, mm-hmm. who at this point, again, I said this about a couple of other guys in the match, might be hotter than anybody else. I mean, you think about this dude, just the gimmick that he has. He, he, he has the ability to hold thousands of people in the palm of his hand before every single match when he's cutting that promo. And then you have... Am I missing anybody? And then you have Roman Reigns. John Cena. You forgot John, John Cena. Cena. Fucking, yeah, whatever. John Cena yeah, is yeah. John Cena. You couldn't see him. But then you have <laughs> but then you have Roman Reigns, right? Yeah. And it's like Roman Reigns had some great matches with the Intercontinental Championship. But I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to say is I'm looking in the ring right now, and I'm like, okay, like there are, are so many deserving guys to win this match. With, there are so many guys that have that feel like they have everything going for them, 
But again, we're getting stuck with Roman Reigns in the main event of WrestleMania for the fourth straight year. And I think what's concerning to me is that it's like we have all of these guys that are really budding stars that are proving themselves that they could be the face of the company. And instead of trying to ride the wave of a Seth Rollins who's coming off of an amazing matchup, riding the wave of, I, I, you know, again, I'm not saying that they necessarily should have won, but Elias Sampson, who to me is is quite, po- again, I told you about this. I thought that he has the potential to be like a Triple H guy in the next couple of years. Just just for everybody to fall to Roman Reigns to set up this main event. I mean, it, to me, it's just at the, it gets to a point where you're kind of like it seems like Vince McMahon is like sitting in the back and he is just so stubborn and so stern about what he wants that he's like, this is happening. I don't give two shits what everybody else thinks because it's my idea. It's not theirs. And that's what it's starting to feel like because it's like you, you they're not necessarily recognizing all, all the other great things that are happening on Raw. Now I'm saying that Roman Reigns came out the next night and cut a pretty actually fucking good five-minute promo, which we haven't seen from Roman Reigns in quite a long time. What is the crazy thing about the promo, though? And I'm just going to like lay it out there right here, right now. It's like, uh, it, it was okay, but like at the same point in time, like this is this is what I hate. And it's one of the things I'm really beginning to like see more and more and more with professional wrestling. I'm going to shoot, brother. I hate that. Yep. Because you're not shooting, brother. You're basically this is what they're giving you to work with, and it's kind of weird too. So like, so we we're predominantly in a, uh, a PG era in yep. WWE, right? So every time you so every time end a promo and cusses yep. and does something like that, everyone's like, "That's oh. the greatest promo ever!" Oh my oh. god, I'm stroking off of that promo. It was an okay promo. This is what I kind of I like the fire that you get there with Roman Reigns. I really do. Um. But at the same time, though, I understand your plight with, like, oh, he's going to headline again fourth straight year in a row. There's guys that are definitely more deserving, possibly, of that spot. But for whatever reason, that's what the main event is going to be. But you know what, man? Like, it's not the end of the world. Because you got to remember, four years ago, these guys had a fucking barn burner of a matchup. And, like, these two <laughs> guys, they don't give a shit about one another. And they're going to go out there and they're going to kill each other. And they're going to have a fucking classic WrestleMania yep. match. I'm not even talking, I'm not even going to say WrestleMania match. They're going to have a classic wrestling match that right. these people are going to be remembering for a long time. And then our fucking stupidity of talking whether or not Roman Reigns was actually deserving of the spot is not going to mean shit. The yep. second that's over, because guess what? Raw happens the next night. We're going to be in the same fucking cycle. Be like, eh, Roman Reigns is a champion. There could be other guys doing it. I don't give a shit right now. <laughs> We're six weeks away from fucking WrestleMania. I'm going to enjoy a seven-hour fucking pay-per-view. I'm going to fall asleep halfway through it. Roman Reigns, I'm going to wake up for his matchup. I'm going to watch it. Him and Brock Lesnar are going to have a good match. I'm going to go home be kind of fucking jacked up on a Mountain Dew and like pizza at that point in time. I'm going to take a really big fucking shit. Okay. And then I'm just going to go to bed. And then we'll be back here on Monday talking about WrestleMania was seven hours fucking long. It fucking sucked, you know. But it doesn't fucking matter anymore, Nick. It really doesn't, because like, if Vince is gonna stick to his guns, and it doesn't even matter if like it's Vince or someone else who's sticking to her guns at this point in time. Like, sometimes in wrestling, the best story is the story that's most predictable. Yeah. I mean, think about it. If you had to go through, and you had to lay out all those guys and be like, okay, who actually had a fighter shot against Brock Lesnar? Yeah. Finn Balor would be dead in five minutes. Yep. Seth Rollins be dead in three minutes. Yeah. John Cena, he's old now. He like is old. as as much as like John Cena and Brock Lesnar have good chemistry and stuff like that, they've been there, they've done that, they threw that match out like right away when Lesnar came back. Braun Strowman, he's not in that spot yet to have that one on one match with Lesnar. We've seen it. He's not in that spot. Nope. Elias Sampson, 
holy shit, like, people would love to see him get his ass kicked. The only guy who I think would actually, like, have that compelling match with a Lesnar who could sell his fucking ass off would have been, like, a guy like Miz. Yeah. Because, man, Miz could carry that whole program. But if you're going with Lesnar as being a heel in that program, you couldn't do it with Miz. Here's what I think really pisses people off. Yeah, what's okay? that? Okay. Um, I, I don't necessarily know if it's the fact that Roman Reigns – is winning all the time. I really don't think that's why people are upset. I think it's partially because it's as if they're trying to make a, th- a, a synthetic John Cena. You have Roman Reigns. Again, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. he comes out there and he he gives you that promo that you know the writers wrote in the back to try to get him over with the smarks that are booing him. That's yep. exactly what that was. Exactly. It wasn't, Roman, here's this microphone. Speak your mind. It was, hey, Roman, here's some note cards. Why don't you study up, you fucking slut, and go read that. That's basically <laughs> what know, happened. It would have been great, though, if, like, if they're, like, you know, if Roma got on the microphone and he was just, like, yeah, you know that whole, like, steroid thing I'm actually kind of linked to? Guess what? That wasn't even me, man. <laughs> shoot. Shoot. That's a shoot, you know? But, um. Here's what it is. Yeah. I'm not done talking. I know. He's Intercontinental Champion. Mm-hmm. These are these writers. They're smart. They 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 surf R squared circle. They go on Reddit. What are these people <laughs> saying about Roman Reigns? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, he can't work. We'll throw him in twenty minute matches with some of the best competitors in the world because um, duh. If they work for WWE, they can probably fucking wrestle. But we don't give anybody half hour matches. So as long as we give somebody a half an hour match, it's gonna look like the greatest match. And he did have good matches. I'm not gonna argue with that. Mm-hmm. But here's the problem again. It's like it, and this is and this is something that I just don't think can ever be. I don't think I don't think there's anything there's any way to ever remedy this. I mean, if you look at it from a and again, I'm kind of a smark. I'm a mark, whatever you want to call me. We host a fucking podcast. But you look at you <laughs> right? if like, you look at me yeah. every step of the way, anytime that they try to do something with Roman that would make him appealing to me, I go, I know they're doing that to make him appealing to me, which makes me dislike him. Here that's what I'm trying to say. It's like there's no winning with this guy. You might as well just yeah. cut your t- there's there's no winning. So what the, what do they do after elimination chamber, Jesse? He wins, but what do they do? Braun Strowman beats his ass. Why? Because they know he's going to get booed out of the building. How do you stop yeah. that? Well, you just have Braun to, Strowman yeah. whoops his ass, right? Yeah. That's how you stop it. Basically. It's just it's it's annoying, dude. And and I get and I get it. It's in and I, I'm being all I'm I, now I'm being the fucking stereotypical smarky dude. Oh my gosh, I can't. I honestly yeah. don't mind the fact that we're getting Lesnar Reigns. I really no, don't. It's gonna be a good match. But what I don't like is that it's like WWE's like shit. How do we get this motherfucker over? I know. We'll write him a promo to to so, so the he's gonna the, 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 the smart, Lesnar a new he's asshole. Gonna, oh, he's gonna use insider baseball terms. Oh, he's gonna uh, yeah. He's gonna talk about the UFC. What? I didn't know they could do that on WWE. Whoa, weird. Oh, my. Yeah, I like this shit. Yeah, it just feels so unauthentic. That's yeah. why it's annoying. You know, and again, I, and again I, I'm not a fucking idiot. I know that Elias Sampson goes out there, and I know all of his shit is scripted, too. But if you're trying to compare apples to apples, it's like, I know what I'm, I don't, I, I just, now I'm, now I'm getting myself in a shoot. I'm getting mad, and I'm dizzy. I don't know what's happening. Are you sure you don't have the flu? I just don't like, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm excited for Mania. I think it's going to be a good match, but at the same time, I'm not. I'm just not happy with how things have been booked. Now, in saying that, I do mm-hmm. think Raw has actually been fairly good. I mean, you feel like you have three hours it's of been worthy television good up to Raw standards. Yeah, you right. know, up, up to, to Raw, raw standards. standards. Yeah, you know, that's just the way it goes. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. We still got you know like five more Raws before we get to WrestleMania. Um, we still got Fastlane coming up here in like a week and a half, so that's going to be interesting. Especially I'm fucking sick. 
of John Cena acting like a mopey little bitch. Like he can't get on fucking WrestleMania. Yeah, like he's true. not the best. We talked about this last week. It's like, dude, give me a fucking br- John Cena, if you're somehow listening to this, you have no right to ever be in a Hollywood fucking triple-A film because you fucking suck at acting. Wow. He is God awful are you, are you at s- acting, and I know he okay, cares okay, what, okay, a, what okay. fucking Nick Ragnar is saying. Hey, maybe he does. Maybe he's listening to this right now, and he's he's terrible. He's shedding an invisible His tear. Fa- but Nick, think about this though. What if it's more of a an indictment to WWE creative that they couldn't find anything better for John Cena to do for WrestleMania? Oh, he's shooting now. I'm shooting now. You're shooting now. This is fucking John Cena. My God, he's been your workhorse for 16 fucking years, yeah. and you saddle him with the shitty-ass program. Oh, i got to find my way to get on to WrestleMania. You know what we're going to get for seven hours is John Cena in fucking disguises. Oh, my God. Be like that selling be, popcorn. That'd be way better than you an know? Undertaker feud. That'd be phenomenal. Yeah. And then he comes out, and he referees the main event or some bullshit. You know? Again, like, yeah. you go... Sometimes booking what makes the most sense is what you do. WrestleMania 30, Daniel Bryan beating Triple H in the opener, going on to win, tap out Batista. Tap out Batista! It just made too much sense for it not to happen. I don't necessarily know that that's how it is with Roman Reigns and Lesnar, but I mean, it's, 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 I mean, they did a fucking, they did it, let's be honest, they did a fucking ass job of telling that story because it's fucking three years in the making. Not really, because after their match at WrestleMania, it feels like there was never really much conflict between them again. But anyways, well, you look here at, and there, here and there, mostly triple threat matches. Mostly, yeah, mo- yeah, triple threat matches, but it never, it never felt like he was like, I need to get what's mine. No. I need to, I need to chase what happened, what was, what I was wronged of. Brock Lesnar. I know it was Seth Rollins. Yeah, well, Seth Rollins. Are wrong. Keep being, keep, yeah. yeah, you f- shut shut your mouth. But here, but <laughs> but now we're talking. Yeah. About fucking. This makes no sense. It makes no. But you want to talk about what makes sense? Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's gonna go to SmackDown. Presumably, he's gonna do something at Fastlane. Presumably, he's going to lose at Fastlane. The next night, he goes. Guess I'm. Come on, Undertaker. How fucking stupid of a storyline is oh, that? Oh, man. I, I saw some pretty good ones, though. All right. So, like, one of the things I do love is, like, going through Twitter and seeing what, like, people's ideas are for John Cena at WrestleMania. One of my favorite ones was, like, John Cena actually takes a knee during the American Anthem, and The Undertaker comes out as the American Badass. Oh, my ass. God. That would like, be like, awesome. That's so fucking great. Like, that's it's so dumb, but it's not going to happen. Um, One of the other ones was Voices of Wrestling. It was like, hey, just get a hold of Joey Janela. You could probably be here on his spring break show. Oh, my God. Which, dude, if John Cena was on Joey Janela's spring break volume two, I mean, fuck yeah, dude. (laughs) Like, that'd be fucking tits. But it's one of those things where it's like, uh, to me, it just just feels like a really terrible idea where you could – it should be someone else on the roster calling out John Cena instead of John Cena being like, oh, I got nothing to do with WrestleMania. Think about this. If you were Finn fucking Balor, yeah. wouldn't you be like, hey, old John Cena, you've been the man here for 16 years. How about you and me go one-on-one at WrestleMania? He's like, you can't then, see this, Finn. And then all of a sudden Finn's like, yeah, you can't see this. And he does the demon thing. There you go. We just wrote a fucking WrestleMania match. Yeah, exactly. We wrote a fucking WrestleMania exactly. match in three minutes. Or you bring back Undertaker for his awkward fucking promo and just fucking have Cena F you him there. Yeah. Give him the attitude adjustment there. And if he wants to be the guy that's like, how am I going to get to Mania? If you want to cut and the angle there, he AAs Undertaker and he's like, oh, you're not done yet, old man. And then Taker's like, 
Oh, how dare you say that to me, John Cena? You will rest. It's the Aspen But here's another thing coming up. Yeah. I'm cutting you off. Do you want to okay. talk more about that? No, no, you can talk about whatever. I'm going to let you talk about this one mostly. Okay. Opinions of the Ronda Rousey stuff that's happened thus far. All right, all right. So uh, Ronda Rousey stuff, and I think a lot of people actually have a problem with it because, like, when they perceive Rousey's – I don't know, like, attitude. They don't expect her to smile and be happy and kind of gushy. So I think there was already an initial backlash to that because, guys, got to remember, she's also a fucking fan. And the way that they brought her in as was a fucking fan, but who was a legit badass. Yep. So you got to remember that. How would you, you fucking internet little troll, act if you got a fucking microphone and you had to sit out there and they're like and you're like oh you got something to say to WWE universe and there's like fucking 15,000 people dude you would probably lay a fucking turd in your pants bigger than your dick I would like uh, seriously it would be a turd that would be triple the size of your fucking little dick talk more about that turd it'll be a gigantic (laughs) turd because your terrible terrible little basement fucking internet wrestling fan dick is so small that's just the way it goes but here's the thing though I thought they did a very good job with a very shitty angle. They did. They did. Because by the end of the very <laughs> shitty angle, you're like, okay, I want to see Ronda Rousey beat the living shit out of Stephanie McMahon. Yep. Like, and that's that's all it's going to be. It's going to be, you know, they're going to either do a mixed tag match or maybe a one-on-one match with the men in like the seconds in the corners or something like that. Or maybe we can get Triple H versus Ronda Rousey. I don't really care. But, like, the point of it is basically let's give Ronda a spotlight. There's going to be a lot of eyes on this. Let's put her in a spot where it feels like she's getting a general nice rub with the WWE Universe and kind of go from there. That's exactly what the story is. Does it suck that, you know, it's very predictable? But, yeah, yeah, you know, but, you know, when we, walked, walked, when we walked away from WrestleMania 31, when it was The Rock and Ronda and Steph and Triple H, we were on this podcast. Everyone was on the podcast saying, mark my word, that will be a WrestleMania match. And now we're getting it, and now we're going to shit on it. Fuck you, man. <laughs> Who gives a shit? I'm not shitting on it. I know, but like a lot of people are. It's just, it's just fucking sucks. I, I think it's exciting. The only thing yeah. that I've heard a lot of complaints about, and I can kind of see this a little bit, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's all about comeuppance, right? But, it, I mean, yeah. we're six weeks away. But the fact that Stephanie McMahon isn't already acting like she is terrified of Ronda because she basically stood up to her, slapped her inside the middle of the ring at the Elimination Chamber, and then the next night continued to act as if she wasn't necessarily threatened more or less. I mean, because you, you imagine that if you see Ronda Rousey and you know that you have a, some kind of a beef with her, that you would be like, I, I'm i just – we're going to stay as far away from each other as possible. That's the only thing that I've really heard. I don't think it's that big of a deal. The only thing that – and that WWE is actually really good about is building up to the anticipation of Stephanie McMahon finally getting her comeuppance. I think that's – I think they're really good at that because yeah. – they have me, a guy that I don't know what the fuck the writers are thinking, but they have a guy like me who who you know watches this as a work, and I'm like, man, I want to see Stephanie McMahon get her fucking ass kicked. I want to see her yeah. arm get broken. I want to see her in an arm bar. I really want to see that. Yeah, we were part of like like Ryan Brown and me. We we talked to one of our friends from college on like the Facebookers, you know, the messenger, and he's all like, oh man, Stephanie looks so much bigger than Rhonda, and it's like. It's been one of those things that have been talked about, actually, in the women's division for quite some yep. time. Stephanie actually wears, like, a very, very high Almost heel. Almost look over everybody. Like, yeah, just, just to look bigger than everyone else. And a lot of it is just, you know, perception. 
you know? So, like, it was kind of weird that that was, like, the way he brought it up. But he actually didn't bring it up like that. He's like, oh, man, she looks so much bigger than her, you know? It's yep. like, eh, no, bitch. You know, she's wearing yep. heels. Yep. It's just the way it is. Um, it's going to be interesting to see where they kind of go with this one. Are they going to do Angle and Ronda versus Triple H and Stephanie? Are we going to get a big-time Triple H-Stephanie entrance? You know, we're probably going to get that, you know, where – they they got fucking cybernetic limbs or some bullshit or like who people were saying Black Panther entrance which I think what is that racist I don't know if that's a is that okay to do I don't know I actually have no idea I don't know they'll come out to Wakandan music maybe and have a bunch of war I don't know maybe what do you think I no please don't. probably don't do that please don't you don't think so please don't if just do like your Conan theme do that type of thing. And then have, like, you know, Kurt Angle come out with the gold medals. Have Ronda come out, you know, doing, like, the Ronda stuff. You know, that'd be fine. You know, like, should Ronda have wrestling gear or should she wear her UFC gear? I think she should wear her UFC gear with boots. Yeah, I, I like that idea. All right, cool. Let's move on to the women's elimination chamber match. You actually didn't get a chance to watch this. Uh, I watched highlights of it. Highlights, good highlights, actually. Yes. Um, it was a. I it thought, was a good, take, yeah. I thought I it was actually a very good matchup to start the whole pay per view. Kind of really set in motion everything. Um, Alexa Bliss continues to shine as the uh, the lead villain in this Raw Women's Division. Um, I think like kind of like the nice story coming out of it too is the whole Banks Bailey thing. Yeah. Seems like they're finally going to split those two up. It's going to be like more than likely you'll probably have the uh, the grudge match at a WrestleMania or something like that. It's like, oh, who's better than who type of thing. Um, I'm just wondering here, building up, mm -hmm. man, they're just they're already setting up like so many matches. And again, I know we keep joking about a seven-hour pay-per-view, but at some point you're like, how are they gonna? Because it's like, okay, kind of feels like they're building to a Bailey Sasha singles. Yes. Alexa will have to defend her title. Yes. You look at the SmackDown side of things. Uh -huh. Charlotte will have to defend her title. You mm -hmm. look at now. You look at Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey's gonna have some sort of, of match at, at WrestleMania. Now you yep. look at now you look at the Universal Title will be there. The WWE Championship will yep. be there. You look at whatever the fuck John Cena's gonna end up doing. Do, 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 do. If he's not working Braun Strowman, what is Braun Strowman doing? I mean, yeah. at, th at this point, it's like okay, now wh where are we gonna go with all this stuff? And I'm happy. I'm happy that they're giving the undercards without championships some love, right? Because I yep. think a Bailey and Sasha match could potentially steal the 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 show not only from the other women but from the entire roster. On that night, but again, like what do you what are you building to? How do you how do you how do you how do you structure a seven hour yeah. pay per view? I, I would assume Nick, you you structure it where you give the the matches ample time, but you don't give any match more than thirty minutes. Yeah, that's probably what you simply do. just yeah. don't do that. Like thirty minutes tops with entrances, and I know that fucking entrance way is going to be like a fucking mile long. <laughs> that's just the way it is. I hope they get fucking carts or some bullshit because that's going to take forever. Hear music relooping like yeah. every every so often. Yeah. Well, goddamn! It took him five minutes to get down there. We had to listen to his music two and a half times. You know. Can I ask you a quick question before we get to Matt's interview? Yeah, I'm sorry. Sure. I know you were talking about the no, women's chamber, okay. but I want your opinion on something. Uh huh. Did you happen to watch the uh, Bray Wyatt uh, Woken Matt Hardy match? I blinked. It was over. It was terrible. <laughs> Do you think that at this point? Do you think the the woken Matt Hardy, the broken Matt Hardy thing? I mean, it's just dead in the water. There's no there's no coming back from it because, I mean, he's getting the he's getting the little chance, but I think it's just part of the gimmick. I don't know necessarily that you know we talked about this, and and it's really it was really popular I guess outside of this podcast more than it was here because it was kind of during our time where we were taking like lengthy breaks. Yeah. But um, people had always assumed that he if he had he done that in WWE it'd be bigger than it was in TNA, and it really doesn't feel like that. Well, I think a lot of 
a lot of reason why people thought it would be bigger was because if if you look at the amount of investment they actually did with Impact with it, they're like, oh, imagine if they made that investment with the WWE and it was like the mainline angle. Yeah. It's not a mainline angle. It's a fucking undercard angle. And you programmed him with the fucking biggest black hole on both rosters right now, and that's Bray Wyatt. He is, really. How how I, it I, sucks, it's, but it's, it's still amazing that somehow, some way, Bray Wyatt went from being a guy who was who had all the fucking potential in the world. Like you were like, holy shit, this guy could be a legit main event player. He's got a group. He's got he works. Somewhere along the way, maybe it was the WrestleMania match against Taker. Maybe it was a little bit later after that, but he just became nothing. Yeah. He became exactly what Bray Wyatt talks about in those promos. Nothing. Yeah. He became a fucking black hole of talent, charisma, shit. Like, it's somewhere around the road. I don't know. You're not wrong. I'm not. And, like, maybe it was him getting hurt when he got hurt. Like, him and him and Roman Reigns were having a pretty decent little tag program there. Then he gets hurt around that time. I mean, it's coming back with dreads. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's the fact that he's getting divorced and he's baning JoJo and all of his energy is going into JoJo. I don't know. <laughs> but for some apparent reason, you pair those two guys up, and I just don't give a shit about it. I don't. Yeah. I, Honest to God, I rather – I actually rather go watch an Ian Xavier match. Holy shit. Than <laughs> – than watch Broken Matt Hardy <laughs> and Bray Wyatt right now. You just I, shoot I, the fuck out of that. The, that you know nice. the last time I actually liked the Bray Wyatt match? When? Was the house show here in lacrosse when he took on AJ Styles. That was a good match. That was actually a good match. Yeah. That was the last time I enjoyed a Bray Wyatt match. Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't know what it is, man, but it's like, you know, again, a year, two years ago, everybody was like, oh, dude, Bray Wyatt, Broken Matt Hardy would be a dream contest. We need to watch it. And now it's just like. Oh, it's just gross. And a lot of people knew that, you know, maybe the in-ring content wouldn't be as good, but there would definitely be some payoff as far as the storytelling, and that has just not been the case. Are we going to get a final deletion at WrestleMania? Probably, right? <sighs> Only if they delete WrestleMania. <laughs> like, they just delete it. Like, that'd be fine. I, you know... Just start all over. I I, I think I'm going to go back and watch that House of Horrors match. I honestly of, didn't oh, mind that, that that much. Is that it's the, the Orton one with um, Orton? Yeah, when they were fighting in the Resident <laughs> Evil house. Yeah, that was what it was. He dumps the fucking fridge on him. Yeah. <laughs> and then he drives, and then it's like, oh, and then on, it's man. like, like the, the time ha- of day changes. So yeah. yeah just, and, like, w- weren't they, like, didn't they leave at night? And they came, they were in a West Coast, and by the time they actually got to the building, it was dawn. Or I can't, yeah, it like was that. something weird like that. I was like, what the hell's happening? It was so thing? weird, so weird. But yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. I'm having fun watching NXT right now. I'm having fun watching 205 Live. I'm having fun watching New Japan and Ring of Honor. So, like, I don't know. Maybe just Raw and SmackDown right now, for me, it's, it's not being written for me. Yeah. And maybe that's, that's a good thing. And it's like, I think a lot of fans got to remember that it's not being written for you as well. Yeah. You can enjoy it for what it is. Solid point. Have fun with it. But at the same time, though, it's not being written for you. It's being written for your kids. Well, you know what is definitely for you, Jesse? Oh, what's that? Our interview coming up in just a few short seconds. Yeah, minutes, seconds. Probably seconds. I don't usually play too many ads on this. Yeah, Yeah, I usually play. I don't play very many ads. But, but, uh, yeah, coming up next, we are sitting down with the Beer City Bruiser. uh, Just getting back into the States uh, from an awesome tour in Japan with uh, Ring of Honor, Jesse. Yeah, um, Nick, this was 
this was great. This was a really fun interview here with the Bruce, you know, the Beer City Bruiser. Um, God, we've known him for years, and he's been a friend of the podcast. And to see how far he's come, just by chasing his dream and never giving up, man, it's it's really cool. And God, man, we get to live vicariously through him this weekend with his two matches. And if you haven't had a chance to watch his match with Goto or that triple threat match. Go on your way and watch those matches. Hey, don't for, don't forget about the other match he had. He had three matches. Yeah, yeah, he did. Like <laughs> you know, but like, but you know, if you only have like X amount of time, go out your way and watch these two matches. And I, I think he turned a lot of people's opinions about him on online because there was a lot of people who were just not not Bruiser fans, man. And, and you know, part of that, I mean, before you know, in ROH where he kind of gotten got his national looks was was part of a tag team. He didn't really have as much of an opportunity to showcase what it is that he was. I mean, we know the New Japan product right now is is super hot. So a lot of New Japan uh, World subscribers had the opportunity to possibly see the BCB for the very first time in a big stage against one of their best, honestly, one of their best of all time in Goto. And uh, he did not disappoint, came out there on the next night. And, and we talk about that. We talk about his trip to Japan. We talk about really the culture of Japan and then also uh, his time in the ring. And, again, as well, we also uh, touch a little bit on uh, Thumper's Den and how proud he is of his students and really what to look forward to from them. So I think it's a great interview, and a lot of you guys are going to enjoy it. Hey, everybody, this is RGG from the Regular Guy Gaming Podcast on the Grapple Talk Network. I think it's safe to say if you like wrestling, you also like games. So join me and my co-host, Ragbag, as we talk about old games, new games, games we love, games we hate, special guests, interviews, and, of course, Ragbag's love for Luigi Mansion. That is all on Regular Guy Gaming. Check us out. Hey guys, this is AC Riley reminding you to check out the Riley Factor only on the Grapple Talk Network. Join me as I talk wrestling, interview wrestlers in my Spotlight and Squared Circle segment, and much, much more. What are you waiting for? Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the Grapple Talk Network today. And as always, support independent wrestling. And welcome back to Grapple Talk. We're doing something, Jesse, we haven't done since the early stages of Grapple Talk. We're doing an interview, man. We're doing an interview this week. Yeah, we're definitely going old school because we got an opportunity to sit down with one of the old friends of the podcast, and that is the uh, Beer City Bruiser. Bruiser, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. How about you guys? Not too bad, man. It's been a while since we last talked, and it's actually kind of funny um, because in our previous conversations, you'd always mentioned about wanting to go overseas. And I know there's some pretty big things that had happened with you over the past couple of weeks. And uh, in particular, really the past couple of days. Uh, but before we get to that, man, we just want to ask, how are you doing? How's everything going with you? Oh, everything's going great. Um, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, my career's thriving. Um, Ring of Honor is amazing. Uh, New Japan Rest Pro Wrestling is awesome. Um, uh, Thumper's Den Wrestling Academy is thriving. I mean, I, I can't complain. Uh, speaking about not complaining, you know, when we when we saw the card for Honor Rising coming out, we we saw you had a match with Goto. You right tweeted away. at me. Well, I tweeted it to Nick, and I was like, "Holy crap!" Like this was like the coolest thing because we've known you for years, Matt, and it was always one of those things that you really wanted to do was actually wrestle in Japan, and you got to do that this past weekend. Um, how was the trip there first, and was it everything you expected it to be? Uh, it, it was everything I expected to be and more. Um, the trip was amazing. Um, it, it's a long plane ride, but you know, you, uh, you got to get used to, you know, finding out when to sleep on the plane so that when you land, you're not exhausted. Cause you know, um, I didn't want to sit in my hotel room the whole time. 
you know, it's not every day you get to go to Japan and, and experience, you know, Tokyo. So I wanted to do as much as I possibly could, you know, and I was only there for five days. And uh, I did a lot in those five days. Um, but it, it was it was a dream come true. The Japanese fans are amazing. Um, from the minute you get to the hotel, we stayed at the Tokyo Dome Hotel, uh, which is literally like you look out the window and, and you see the Tokyo Dome. Um, there's fans all over the lobby, and they know everything about you. You know, they, they walk up, and they want pictures, and they want autographs, and um, they do this weird thing over there where they, they pay you to have you get in your wrestling gear and then take pictures of you in your hotel room, which is, is odd. But it's, <laughs> That's it's, it's super odd. Business. That's weird. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it was odd, but it's all, it's all professional. I mean, it, it was all just very respectful. Um, in Tokyo, the thing that, that blew me away, and I, I talked to Kevin Kelly about this, is it's one of the cleanest places on the planet. Like, there's no trash anywhere. Wow. You know, and it's just, it was it was an amazing experience. You, we hear about this a lot, and, on, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of times when we hear about people that go over there, they always talk about how they feel like they're bigger than everybody else. I mean, BCB, I mean, you are, you are, let's, let's face it. You're a monster, man. You're a, you're a big guy. I mean, was it like kind of a culture shock at all walking around and just being a part of that, going to restaurants and hanging out with some of the guys? Uh, yeah, I had to duck in almost every doorway that I walked into. <laughs> um, my, my hotel room, the bed was tiny. Um, you know, taking pictures with all the fans. Um, I, I made a comment to my wife when I got home that, that, all the girls over there seemed like little girls to me, even though they were older and they seemed like little girls. They're all so tiny and uh, fragile. Um, one of the stores over there, uh, Humming Mask, which is a, a great wrestling clothing store, um, they had us as a guest over there, referred to me as Godzilla um, just because I was so large in their store, you know, and they went out and got extra, you know, bigger size shirts just for me. Um, which I'm wearing one right now. And uh, it was just, everywhere you go, it was, it was, you know, I didn't have a hard time finding anybody because I could see over everybody's head, you know. Um, but it was it was, it was was unique, <laughs> you know. I, I go from being the, the average guy in the locker room to, to being one of the tallest and biggest guys, and it was cool. I don't know if you ever get this. You probably get this question, actually, with every single podcast or whatever interview that you do. Um, you can't escape it anymore because you are the Beer City Bruiser. But uh, how's the beer in Japan, man? Oh, it's amazing. Um, the tap beer there is better than the tap beer in America. Wow. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. Um, I actually found a new favorite beer called Acai Beer. Um, everyone was telling me, you know, and, and – and I'm the type from all the interviews I do, I, any place I go, I try local beer. I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm a fan of beer. And uh, so when I got over there, um, I tried sake beer. I tried rice beer. Um, there's a stuff called acai beer that I tried. Um, there's a stuff called Strong Zero, which is the best way to describe it is like um, a Smirnoff ice on steroids. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, and and um, but the the tap beer there, I I don't know what it was because you know you just you just order beer and they bring you beer, and it was amazing. Um, each night, you know, I had to drink at least twelve to thirteen beers at dinner, you know, just because it was going down so good. Yeah, it, it was so good. And then and then they got Seven Elevens over there everywhere, and there's no. There's no call time for beer, oh. so I'd, I'd buy beer, bring it back to the hotel room, and I end up coming home with 
about a case and a half of the, the oh, wow. acai and sapiro and uh I, I brought about 10 or 12 uh strong zeros for my wife and my friends and uh yeah beer there's amazing <laughs> <laughs> so so some people when they when they go out of country they bring back like souvenirs you bring back beer <laughs> I mean, I brought, I brought souvenirs to the kids and stuff like. But yeah, beer was beer was on the list. It's it, you know, I had a couple last night, and I'm gonna have a couple again tonight. And uh, yeah, it was great. <laughs> it was actually kind of cool too that you brought up the strong zero because during the your match with Goto, that was one of the things that were actually like dropped. Was like, hey, you think you're gonna have a strong zero with the BCB later? And uh, I think Callis <laughs> is like, well, that might be lemonade for him. So that was that was actually kind of really kind of cool. But um. One of the moments that had to really kind of be like one of those like just those out of body experiences for you is when you get the book to go to Japan and you're looking at who you're taking on. You're taking on the never open weight champion there in in Goto. I mean, yeah. Like, what was going through your mind when you actually got that call? Um, I actually found out about it um a few months ago. Um, okay. Uh, I was at a Ring of Honor show and I got in uh, the van and I actually for some reason, shared the van with, with the office guys of Ring of Honor. And they says, uh, have you gotten an email yet from uh, New Japan? I says, no, why? And they says, well, you're going to Japan. They said, uh, they, they selected you to be one of the guys to go to Japan. Wow. And I was, I was they, they didn't tell me who I was wrestling or anything like that. They said, you're going. And uh, I got real excited. And I, uh, so I'm like, all right, well, I wasn't in the best shape of my life at the point. I mean, I was in good shape, but I wanted to be in the best. So... Um, I ended up losing 30 pounds, um, upping my cardio at the Thumper's Den with my students and just getting in better shape, um, so that I could prove myself over there. And, uh, when they announced that it was a Hiroki Goto, I got really excited because he was on my bucket list of guys that have always wanted to wrestle. Uh, I have a lot of respect for him. Um, he's a legend over there, you know, um, and then they said it was to the never open weight, you know, never open weight title. Just made even more, you know, amazing. Um, and the nerves really didn't kick in until my wife dropped me off at the airport. And then it was like, oh, okay, this is really happening. <laughs> I, I do have so, to, I do have to ask. So let's say Suzuki actually held on to the championship after Wrestle Kingdom. What goes through your mind if you're here and you're working Suzuki instead of Goto? Are you running for your life? That man is terrifying. No, no, <laughs> no. I, 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 I'm looking forward to working Suzuki again. But those chops, man. Um, <laughs> I've never been chopped so hard in my life to when Suzuki chopped, you know, and uh, <laughs> I, I did our stuff with Suzuki. You know, I mean, that was fun, the stuff we do with Suzuki over here. And uh, I can just imagine what it'd be like over there. And I just remember those chops, man. Like, he, he strikes you for real. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So this time, you're you're working Goto. I mean, no stranger to this program. We talk about Goto as, you know, one of the best over in Japan constantly. Anytime they have a big show, the dude shows up. I mean, He's one of the best, definitely. Um, you talk about how you're preparing for that. You actually get over there. What's it like? I mean, is there some type of language barrier? I'm always curious how that kind of works with guys from the States heading over there. How do you put together a match with a guy like Goto? Uh, no, it actually, um, when you get over there, they have people that um, help you out, um, that speak both English and Japanese. And um, they'll help you out. Like, if you, you know... Um, when you first get over there, you're usually with a bunch of guys that have been over there before, so they know where to go eat and stuff like that. When it comes to your matches and stuff, they have people there that speak both Japanese and English. Um, so that way there's no real English barrier between the two. Um, and Hiroki and I, when we came up with it, there was a lot of hand gestures and stuff like that, and we just 
we both knew what we wanted to do in the match. We both knew the story that we wanted to tell. Um, and there was only a little bit of communication problem, but we got over it, you know. And uh, they, they know a lot, pretty much a lot of English over there. And for the parts we don't know, they always got someone that help translate, you know, between the two. So you walk through the curtain there at Corrigan Hall. This is this is a venue that is like yeah. notoriously known with like Western wrestling fans. So a lot of your le- your heroes have walked through those curtains too. And you get out there and you're hearing your music and the crowd's reacting to you. And then within like three minutes in that match, they're cheering for you. They're actually chanting your name. Like that had to be like that moment of validation for you that like chasing your dream has got you here. Yeah. Um, like you said, all, all the guys I've looked up to, Bruiser Brody, Terry Gordy, you know, uh, Tommy Dreamer, Mick Foley, they all, you know, blood, sweat, tears all in that building. And uh, when I hit that senton, the cannonball off the, the apron, there's a moment you can see on the video where I kind of stand up and I look in the crowd and I'm just kind of soaking it in. You know, um, before I left, you know, I talked to Harley, I talked to uh, uh, Trevor Adonis, the two guys that basically trained me, and they said, you know, make sure you take a moment for yourself. You know, let let it let it hit you, and uh, that was the moment where I was like, "Holy crap, I'm here!" <laughs> you know, like not only am I here, but I'm making I'm leaving an impression on these people. And uh, from that moment on, I just it just clicked. The whole match just felt good. You know, I felt like I was in a zone, and it felt great. Yeah, I think it definitely showed. I know that when Jesse and myself watched it, we actually talked about it, and we we had discussed that that's that was one of the premier matches of of the night that was really highlighted on, on New Japan World. Um, after that matchup, you you mentioned that you were in the zone, but I mean, what what was it like going through the curtain then uh, to the back? I mean, did you have some sort of self confidence? I mean, how what is that kind of like? Once you go out there, you perform at the level you did. You hear the fans' reaction. You do it at Corken Hall. What's that like? Um, it was amazing. Um. I got through the curtain. Um, I did the little post-match um, interview, like all the New Japan things, which I thought was really cool. Um, I got in the locker room, you know, talked to the, the Ring of Honor officials who were real happy. I talked to the New Japan officials who were really happy. And um, I kind of went in the bathroom and just kind of had a moment to myself, you know. Um, I sat down just, I mean, the adrenaline was flying. Um, uh, I was real happy. And I just kind of, let it all just kind of absorb it, you know. Um, it, it was an amazing feeling, you know. Um, I remember getting back to my room and, and uh, FaceTiming with my wife, and I completely forgot about the time difference, so she woke up all crabby. <laughs> I woke her up. I, you know what I mean? I said, I'm sorry for waking you up, and, and, and she knew, you know, she knew, like, she tried to stay awake to watch it. She couldn't. She was too tired, but she goes, you know, when I call her, she goes, I, I you know, um, I told her how well it went. She goes, okay, I kind of expected this. You know what I mean? It was just, it was amazing. I don't know how else to describe it. It was amazing. Dream come true. Well, you know, that that was only night one of a two-night experience yeah. there at Corrigan Hall. And yeah. Night two, you know, you wrestled Hanare opening match there, and then you got yourself interjected into the ROH Heavyweight Championship match and that triple threat match. And, like, me and Nick were talking, like, off the air, too. Like, that match. Dude, that triple threat match was really, was really good. Fantastic, and we wanted to ask you, and we don't know if you can tell us this or not, but mm-hmm. was that something that was planned, or was it based on the first night's reaction to you that they decided to interject you in that match with Beretta being injured? That wasn't planned at all. Wow. Um, I didn't know I was involved in that match until um, my music for the first match was playing. Wow. Uh, 
they they um Beretta Beretta's seriously injured. I mean, mm-hmm. that wasn't a work as a fan wrestling. He does have a torn bicep, does have a torn pectoral muscle. Um and then Dalton was banged up too, um, from the night before. And um they were trying to figure out some way to fix it. And uh right before my music hit, I was I was walking over to to the gorilla position to walk off for my first match and they said, Hey, do you mind working twice tonight? So no, I'll, I'll do that. Yeah, sure. And they're like, all right, we're going to put you in the, the ROH title match, you know? So, oh, okay. So I went out and I did my first match. I came back and basically had, I don't know, a half hour to prepare for the next match. And then went out and had the triple threat. And, uh, I, the Hiroki Goto match was cloud nine. And then all of a sudden I had the, the singles match for Andre, which was really good. Cause he's, He's one of their young boys over there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, he had only been wrestling for about maybe two years, I think, but he had a year off because he tore his Achilles. And that was his first singles match in a year. Wow. So I felt real good to, to have a singles match with a guy who hadn't had a singles match in a year. And, and uh, I thought we pulled out a real solid match. And then we went out and went 20 minutes in the, the three-way with very little prep time. And to get the reaction we got, from not only Cork and Hall, but, but online, on Twitter, on Facebook, you know, um, it, it was amazing. Um, I remember I, they, the, they were calling me the workhorse of the tour because it's unheard of for people to work twice over in Japan on the same show. Mm-hmm. You know, in America, you see it all the time. You know, you'll see a guy come out, wrestle first match, maybe come out, wrestle main event. But in Japan, that's, that's a very, a big rarity. Um, so when I did it and I came back and the match was as good as it was, you know, they right away nicknamed me the workhorse. And uh, I got a lot of, you know, props and, and a lot of beer bought for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, because, I mean, what you do, you have that match with Goto the night before. You come out and have two matches the next night. And, and it's not like you were necessarily even being protected in the triple threat. I mean, you were out there, and I told Jesse this before we started the call, man, you really, really had a, a – chance to shine in that triple threat because i felt like after i got done watching it i was like i was like holy shit man the bruiser to me at this point is like a legitimate heavyweight championship contender and i'm not sure you know obviously they wanted to throw you in there to kind of help with the injuries and things like that but it's like i came away going dude i could see this guy going for that championship at some point over the next couple of months yeah um when they put the when we put the match together for that, the guys apologized. They're like, you know, you're in everything. <laughs> like, you don't have a time to rest. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I guess you know. But but to me, it's just going to work. You know what I mean? Um, I, I'm trained properly. I I, I you know um, it's kind of like you know your your boss asking you to stay extra late to to prepare a report or something like that. You know, like I just went to work. I did what uh what I do best and and um. I was real happy with it. Um, I love the story we told. I love that, you know, again, the Ring of Honor office, the New Japan office loved it. You know what I mean? Um, hopefully it helps my career in the, in going forward, which I think it should. I uh, definitely thought I proved myself to be a contender for that belt, you know? Uh, that's definitely true, Matt. So, you know, after those two nights, you get back in the States, you know, you got to be feeling pretty good. Um is there going to be any more tours for Japan for you coming up here? Um, there's talks of it. There's nothing official yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but leaving, you know, I got I got the impression I'll be back. Um, there was there's a lot of talk about me coming back. Um, when I don't know, I don't have any dates yet. You know, my focus is still Ring of Honor because we got um, this weekend. I got New York, and then we got the anniversary show coming up next weekend. 
and then the, the Super Card of Honor is coming up, and then we got the big um, Global Wars tour with New Japan. So um, I was focusing on that, but after talking with both Ring of Honor offices and New Japan offices, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely on the radar. I'm definitely – there's an open door there, you know. We're just – it's so soon they're just kind of working the kinks out of, of getting me dates and stuff like that. There's a couple of other things I want to ask you about before we end the interview, but to put a close on the uh, the chapter that is Japan, looking back on it, I mean, what's your biggest takeaway, whether it's in the ring, whether it's, you know, out drinking beers, whether it's the uh, super long flights and, and all the sleeping that you got in, what, what's what's your biggest takeaway uh, from your tour in Japan? Um, my biggest takeaway is that I'm meant to be a wrestler. Um, after, you know, the flights and, and the, all the matches and the, the, the coming home and stuff, just sitting down, it's like, Hey, you know, I, I did the right thing by choosing this as my career path. Um, I did the right thing. Um, this has been my dream since I was seven years old and, and Japan kind of proved to me that, you know, dreams come true. And, uh, what, what really helped solidify that, you know, is my daughter, when I got home, both my daughters, told me, you know, that they're, they're, they know that they can accomplish any dreams that they have because of what I've done with this Japanese tour and, and how hard I've worked with the Ring of Honor and whatnot. So the biggest takeaway I take is, you know, I've, I've worked hard and, and, and it's it's proven to be, you know, that I'm here, I'm ready to be a wrestler. This is what I want to do. Right on, right on. That is awesome to hear, definitely. And uh, one question that I actually do have, mm-hmm. you know, because I've never been to Japan. So you have those really long plane rides, and I know you sleep a majority of the time. But what else do you do while you're sitting on a plane? Are you playing Sudoku? Are you doing cross? Like, what do you, <laughs> what do, you do the entire time while you're on a plane? Uh, I, I watched a couple movies, um, played some video games. Uh, read, um, I went and bought um, a Joker graphic novel. Um, so I was reading a bunch about the, the Joker. And then, uh, actually, I bought a book about Waco, because it's the anniversary of Waco, Texas. Oh, yeah. And for some strange reason, I've been obsessed with that lately. So <laughs> I read, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a book on the viewpoint of one of the Davidians, uh, the people on the inside. Okay. So I kind of read, read a little bit of that. You know, it's just, uh, it, it, it seems like a long time on the plane, but, I mean, there's, you know, you get up, you stretch, you walk around, you sleep, they feed you. Um, there's stuff to do, you know, so it, it wasn't, it wasn't horrible. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, internationally bringing it to local, we haven't had the chance to talk to you in some time, but dude, you guys are doing amazing things over there at Thumper's Den. I mean, the students that you're turning out are becoming mainstays across the state of Wisconsin, working in different parts of Minnesota, Illinois, you name it. They're, they're, they're traveling. Um, man. Talk about just how excited you are for, for really these, these kids that have only been working for a couple of years but are already making such a big name for themselves, and they're coming out of the school in which you're helping train. Oh, that makes me real real excited, real proud, uh, real happy. Um, Sierra is becoming the best female wrestler in the business. Um, her and Stacy Shadows, you know, early on I said it, you know, when, when, when Sierra started and got with Stacy. There in that feud, I said, you guys, you're making a legacy here. I said, you two, I said, you know, Stacey Shadows is the greatest wrestler, I think, in the female division. And then you put Sarah with her, and she learned from her. And now she's starting to fill that role of being the leader and teaching all these younger girls coming in. You know, I couldn't be more proud. And now they both got a, 
um, well, Sierra's got a child coming up with WWE. You know, um, I couldn't be more proud. Um, you got Aesop and Onyx, and they're all over the place. Dweeb, like, it's it's so good to watch these kids um, fulfill their dreams, too, you know, and, and to say that I had a hand in it. And and it's kind of like I'm a proud father. You know, they always they always come back from the road, and every Tuesday they'll come back, and they'll show me their matches, and, and we'll break it down, and we'll critique it. And, and each time, you know, it's harder and harder to critique it because they're getting better and better. You know what I mean? Um, and, and it's so... It's a, it's proud. That's all I got to say is I'm very proud. I'm very happy to attach my name to the to all my students. It's just crazy to think about because I still remember when we had you on. It was like one of the first episodes and we talked to you. And I think it was either just before you had surgery or just after. And you were still optimistic and you were kind of looking forward to getting back in the ring a little bit. And then I think we had you on again once you started hitting the ropes. And we're just kind of like slowly building. It's almost like we're watching like this, like this really awesome children's, you know, sitcom as as you get older. Because I'm not trying to be weird or anything, but it's like, man, we're, we were talking to you, you know, a couple years ago, and all of a sudden now you're going over to Japan and you're working Goto. It's like, dude, where did the time go? And and really, honestly, not to kiss your ass too much here, but it, it really shows that with hard work, determination, and you know, a, a little bit of talent, I mean, you can really do just about anything in this business. Yeah, thank you. Um, I, 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 the, the number one thing we teach at our school, we have a big sign up in our school. And it says, it says, be respectful, be humble, um, be appreciative, and be prepared to sacrifice. And that'll equal success. And I've lived by those my whole career. Um, you know, wrestling has ups and downs. You know, you get injured. Um, I had two serious injuries, you know, and, and I, I'm not going to say that with my injuries, I didn't doubt myself. There's always doubt, but you got to be able to overcome that doubt, you know? And, um, with me going to Japan and stuff like that, it was, it was kind of like the payoff for, for working through those injuries and, and, and coming back and, and doing everything, you know, and showing my students, Hey, look, I live by these rules in my career and look where I'm at. You guys can do that. And you even said yourself, they're all over Wisconsin, Illinois, Minnesota. And it's, following those rules, you know, and it's, it's, it's hard work, man. Like you just got to stick to it. That's all it is. Well, Bruiser, Hey, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to be on grapple talk today. If anyone wants to get a hold of you, whether it be on social media or wants to chase their dreams of being a pro wrestler, how do they do go about doing that? Um, on Facebook, I'm the beer city bruiser, uh, on Twitter, it's at BCB Winchester. Um, you can go to my Pro Wrestling Tees store, which is ProWrestlingTees.com slash Beer City Bruiser. I'm on Instagram, at the, um, which is Beer City Bruiser. Um, you can check out ROHWrestling.com. Um, they just uploaded their new site, um, which is amazing. Um, you can see our schedule there or even become a member of the uh, uh, Honor Club, which is kind of like the network. Um, but I think it's better because you get live stream of all of our host shows. Um, so you could have seen the New Japan shows and stuff like that on there. Um, if you want to become a wrestler, look up the Thumpers Den uh, Wrestling Academy or contact Frankie DeFalco. Um, he's on Facebook at Frankie DeFalco. And um, just come on out, and, and I'll help you out. Well, definitely. Well, we appreciate you joining us, and we'll have to have you on again soon because, obviously, we've already went 20-plus minutes, and we just covered Japan and a little bit of uh, Thumpers Den. But we definitely would love to have you on and focus on ROH at some point, too. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to come back. I love you guys. Yes, I'll take my eggs over easy, and I'll take my podcast, Deach and Dash. 
That's right, the Deach and Dash podcast hosted by me, gorgeous Jordy Lee, available via the Grapple Talk Network. It's about to get weird. We're going to talk some wrestling, maybe, some life, probably, and I'm definitely going to ask whether you prefer ketchup or mustard. Catch us via the Grapple Talk Network and wherever iPods are available to you. iPods or podcasts? God, I'm the worst. Hey, it's Hot Shot Scott Williams. Do you like chili? Well, I do too. Do you like podcasts? Well, so do we. It's the Ross Family Matters podcast. Join myself, Victor Stick Ross, Jack Spade, and, From a, and a cavalcade of other people except Maru. You're never allowed. Grapple Talk Network. It's the podcast. We're coming at you. Maru's not allowed. Welcome back to Grapple Talk. Thank you again to the Brew City. I always I say that too it's many times. It's the Beer City Bruiser. The Beer City Bruiser. I, I think you refer to him as the Brew City Bruiser because of brew. It's because there's so much you know, beer in there that I'm like, yeah. Brucey Brazier. Yeah, I don't know. You want to I always do that in. too. Yeah. I always no, I don't want to take know. this again because I'm a to? fucking professional. We do it in one take on this podcast. But right, no, cool. but see that I always do that too. I remember specifically if uh, BCB, if you're listening to this, if if you're a fan of the Beer City Bruiser, I remember because they came out to I think it was Cashton, and I still remember interviewing them as the backstage correspondent, and I remember. A couple oh, of God. different times, yeah. I would say, "Oh, look at that! We have because they had the the Beer City Bruisers. They were yep. the, they were the group." And I would say, "Oh, look, it's the Brew City Bruisers." And it's like, "No, Nick, that's not right. We yeah, have to yeah, retake they, they it." It's it. like, yep. "I can't. My brain thinks too fast. Oh, it thinks faster than my mouth moves. I can't help it." Damn. Or wait, no, it's opposite. My mouth moves faster than my brain thinks. Yeah, that's what I meant. See, again, that, that, I was six, up again. that was six years ago, man. Life doesn't change for me, man. Holy I shit. I peaked six years ago. You peaked six I years peaked. ago. I peaked. Wait, wait, wait. wait. You, you, you did puke like six years ago, too. I puked like six years ago Not as, well. as bad as like, what was it, four years ago when Sexy KC puked and- Oh, my God. That oh, was man. awful. Yeah, shut what up happened to that guy? Is he all right? He's still around, man. Is he, a, still, is he an avid listener? Um, no. Apparently, we just we just do fantasy sports now. Oh, yeah. Well, that's not a bad thing. I mean, fantasy sports No, are no, no, fun. no. Speaking of fantasy sports, man- Basketball playoffs are coming up here shortly for the fantasy sports. How's your team doing? Uh, I'm right behind you in the standings, but I think okay. I'm like five games back behind you. So not yeah. great. Are we playing this week or did we no. play last week? We did not play last week. I don't, we didn't play for a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. We only got like what two weeks left. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So yeah, uh, it's going all right. You know, I, I've had I got bit by the injury bug, and I kind of bought into the idea that uh, Zach Levine was going to be playing uh, off his fucking meds yeah uh once he came Office back from meds. In, once he came back from injury so, so like he he was like he was totally you know okay he and was, then he got off his meds and he was fucking he nuts. fucking crazy but uh i bought a little bit too much into the uh juju that it's like oh i'll just like keep mm-hmm. a guy on my bench all year long that's injured and then hope that they can do something uh when they come back and it's like oh probably a little too late uh for that one but uh i've had you know the uh misfortune of just you know i have a couple of really hot like taj gibson is like fucking killing it in mm-hmm. uh, Minnesota right now. Um, I've got, like I said, Russell Westbrook, Evan Fournier, having decent years. But uh, I think it's just some guys not necessarily either contributing enough or it's, you know, guys that I expected to do big things for my team just getting hurt during the wrong times, during the wrong games, and uh, it puts me behind the eight ball a little bit, and then I, I happen to lose more games than I'm winning. Yeah, especially with, like, how this league, it, what, we got 12 teams, right? Yeah. And a huge bench. Yes. So like there's the not wa- much on the waivers. So so the waiver you, the way we gotta kind of do it is simply you drop a guy, pick up a guy, and you hope you can get another guy back. 
Yep. Because what you're doing is kind of playing the odds when it comes to schedule. Be like, okay, well, I need just to get more stats than the other guy. That's basically what this league is. Yeah. And that's like the easiest way to put it because, yeah. like, if you're really thinking about it, like, if we had what draft picks one and two, right? Yeah. Just because of the luck of the draw. Yep. So you know we had to basically take our take our pick of the litter. I I took Steph Curry. You took Russ Book, right? Yep. So yeah, then we had to wait fucking twenty picks before we get another top twenty-five yep. guy. That's just the way it kind of went. Tough. But you know, like I'm I'm on the outside looking in. So like right now I'm in sixth seed. Um, the gap between me and fifth is literally like fourteen games. <laughs> and it's just like, all right, all right. So I'm probably going to go in against the number one seed who's just basically on autopilot right now. I, I've been competitive against him. That's the worst part. Yeah. Like, I will lose our matchups, like, maybe like a 6-3 or something like that, which isn't bad. And, yeah. like, if you look at it, it's like, okay, well, lo- most of those weeks are I have a guy out. I don't have enough guys playing that week. You know, it's just the kind of way it goes. But um, in Sexy KC's league, currently in second, really kind of ramping up there. Oh. Um, in his hockey league, I'm in third. I don't know shit about hockey. Like, <laughs> nice. literally, Nick, I don't. So what I'm doing is the Melissa Banty um, experiment. Basically, it is... Guys that have hot names? No, 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 no. So what I do is every couple weeks, I just hit up the fucking compare my tra- you know, compare my team thing. And I'm like, well, this guy's doing better than this guy. Fuck that. I'm dropping him. Nice. So I've been doing that. So it's been kind of working out there. It's a decent league. You know, it's kind of fun. I, I'm not learning any more about hockey at all. Yeah. Like, and at all, Nick. Like, I okay, so what I've learned is, like, maybe, like, sometimes the goalie doesn't start all games. There's a backup goalie. I don't know. Who starts, like, maybe twice every three weeks. I wish I watched more hockey. I have no idea what you're saying. Yeah. What are you talking um, about? They're, they're, it's like you're speaking gibberish. Basically. I feel yeah. like now I am in Japan, and I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm at a McDonald's, and I'm like, dude. I just want a Big Mac, and you're like, <laughs> you're like goalie. I don't know what you're saying. I don't know, man. I don't know. But yeah, yeah. Here's yeah. the big thing, right? Yes. NFL free agency coming up, almost in full force. We have a lot of Packer fans that are listening. You're a Packer fan. Yeah. You're a Patriots fan. Biggest need for your team? Who are you going to sign? Or what are you going to sign? What what what's the Packers' biggest need? What should people be on the lookout for? Because I know you're basically a sports analyst. Give it to me straight, JVR. Well, because if I just put a title in front of expert and actually say I'm that, I am that. Um, and you get paid um, like a million dollars a year to make stupid yeah. comments. Yeah. You know, honestly, I think the one thing that Green Bay really kind of needs is not a player. It is basically just a better strength and conditioning program. Huh. Well, you know, think about it. We have a lot of guys who go down with soft tissue injuries. Um, a lot of that is just probably because of training. And, you know, like, we got a lot of young like, guys. A lot of cheese and beer. I don't think it's so much that, cheese and beer. You know, come on, man. The teams in the fucking 60s were doing that, and they were still playing. They had broken fingers Ooh-wee. and concussions. But um, it's one of those things where if you gotta you got to build depth and you got to have an, a decent defense that can stay healthy and you don't need your top guy going out there and trying to win a game by himself. You know, this is not the NBA. You know, like one guy is not going to tip the balance, you know, but it kind of does, you know, but it's it'll tip the balance, but they're not going to be able to bring you from one side directly to the other. Yeah, exactly. So that's basically one of the things Um, with the Patriots. What's your guys' biggest need? Is it trying to fill like the backup role here for Tom Brady, just in case Brady goes down? Probably a lot of times when you look at the the Patriots, it's it's being able to retain a lot of the guys that you currently have, because a lot of times a lot of these key contributors, these key players are playing at. Uh, very low salaries because what New England's great at doing and what a mm-hmm. lot of people notice is either they a draft decently and they find it, but but what they're really good at doing is getting the undrafted guys that make differences, the guys off of other teams' practice squads or other teams' third string yep. 
guys and they and they turn them into these superstars. Uh, you look at their offense. I mean, the only thing I could think about there would be, you know, retaining a few guys on their offensive line and maybe building up the right side. Um, and then on the defensive side, you know, it's again they're gonna ha- they're gonna have a lot of changes because uh, Patricia's gone now in Detroit. Yeah. Um, I believe Malcolm Butler will be leaving because we still don't exactly know what the fuck happened there. And uh, there's just going to be a lot of changes. And, uh, you know, from going at the beginning of the season to a pretty shitty defense to at the end of the season giving up a shit ton of yards but barely giving up any points, um, it's going to be it's gonna be weird. I, I, I honestly think the biggest thing with the defense is getting a good um, understanding of where they're going to go moving forward with what kind of, you know, what, what, what kind of playbook they're going to have on defense and then building a roster around that. Because, again, the nice thing about the Patriots is that Bill Belichick is always – uh, has always been a defensive-minded coach. Yeah. So so hopefully, you know, he can kind of take the reins uh, with Patricia leaving and then build up that defense um, now because, as we know, Brady's only got a couple of years left, and I know they want to make the team successful and make good draft picks for his successor, but I think at this point you have to kind of look at these next couple of years as your opportunity to get those Super Bowl wins, bring in more dollars, and then uh, set yourselves up later on because it's hard to be the Steelers. That is it's hard to true. be the Packers, you know. But if you think about it, too, get it's lucky like and get that you you can draft. Oh, like they got lucky with Brady. They got Brady yeah. in the what the seventh round. Yeah, they can find a guy, develop him, especially if it's someone who's kind of off the radar right now. You can definitely do that. You can kind of go forward with that. You know, that's just the Patriots' way right there. And what better way than to actually rebuild that defense so whoever becomes that quarterback once Brady is done doesn't have to feel like it's all on his shoulders. Yeah. And I think that could be a really big thing. Plus, I, I totally agree with like just the, how they built their teams. They took a guy like James White. Ooh, we got to see a lot. This Wisconsin. Wisconsin Badger. Guy was electric anytime he put his hands on the ball. But no one was talking about him when it came to draft day. You look at the guy like Rex Perkhead, who just does everything right. An Edelman, a fucking Amadola, those type of guys. And you're like, wow, man. You know? I mean, yeah, and you, you look back at their defense. A guy like Malcolm Butler was basically a nobody at the beginning yep. of that season. All of a sudden, he intercepts the ball at the very end, and he becomes one of the best, most physical, undersized cornerbacks yep. in the league. You look at that's That's how it is for a lot of those guys on defense. And, yeah, they do make some high draft picks and get guys like a Dante Hightower. Um, they do pay for guys like Stephen Gilmore, who – uh, Stephon played, Gilmore. Yeah, you played who, better as the season went on once you got used to that defense. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, they they make honestly they make good personnel decisions. Like every team, sometimes they make bad ones. They they give guys probably more money than they're worth. Um, but again, they've they've always been really good at building teams and and really utilizing their dollars and, and stretching their dollars to their their fullest potential. So, as a Patriots fan, it's always fun watching the off seasons because again, you get to watch a lot of these guys. And instead of you know. No offense, but being a Packer fan and going, well, what are these big splash moves that we're going to make or who are we going to draft? You get to watch New England, and then every little signing that they do, regardless of if it's mm-hmm. a big-time free agent or a small-time, you get to go, how are they going to try to fit them in their system? They were talking about that last year. They picked up Burkhead, and it was like, you know, for if, if Burkhead went to the, the, the Packers, for example, it would be like, okay, well, he's like our third-string or fourth-string running yeah. back. But the Patriots, everybody also goes, well, how is he going to fit into that? Because every signing yeah. counts when it comes to New England. So... That's one of the cool things about being a fan. I don't mean to talk shit about the Packers. I apologize. Oh, yeah, that's okay, man. Like, you know, honestly, um, I don't know. Maybe they deserve to get shit on. This is the way it goes. I mean, shit, man. Like, you hear enough shit, you know, from people about the Patriots. Yeah, I do, actually. Like, left and right, you know? It's just like, hey, I'm getting to the point know? now where I honestly, I mean, I'm happy with, with them continuing to win, but I'm almost looking forward to when they stop 
being so good because it's like it's getting to the point now where it's like man yeah. it almost sucks you know it's like it's like here's how weird it is well, i mean if you were lived on that side of the city it'd be different or that side of the 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 country would be different but here in wisconsin it's like man i don't want to put my patriot shit on like i don't want people to know that i'm a patriots fan because i mean i i, I have all this gear and whatever but it's like mm-hmm. i always it's like oh look at that, that fucking guy there's that fucking patriots fan what a <laughs> prick it's like man i just i wish that, you know yeah you know what browns fans it's not always great being on top. It really isn't, okay? Because <laughs> you get a lot of shit, okay? Yeah. So well, sometimes, you know, you know, you're, you're gonna come around. You know, just remember the day when you were a shit team and everybody felt bad for you, right? Because then you had sympathy at least. It's like, oh man, that sucks. It's like, right. hey, thanks, man. We're all brothers. All right, well, I'm glad you brought up the Browns. I saw probably the most ridiculous fucking mock draft I've seen yet. Um, CBS Sports. Dar- this one. Darnold going number one. No, okay. no, no. They had the fucking Browns trading away three of their fucking first round picks for Andrew Luck. That was that sounds like the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. That was so fucking dumb. So fucking dumb. They're still not even sure that Andrew Luck will one hundred percent be ready for this season opener, let yeah. alone being worth three. I mean, that dude, honestly, Andrew Luck, and here's the thing about Andrew Luck, too. Yep. Kind of not as much of Carson Wentz problem that we talked about earlier, but uh, everybody had basically um, appointed Andrew Luck as like the next Peyton Manning. The I say okay, you said appointed the the next uh, Peyton Manning, the next Tom Brady, the next whatever Brett Favre, whatever. And uh, he won games, but I don't know, dude. He always like threw more picks than he did like or around like he threw a lot of picks. Yeah, he made a lot of terrible decisions, and you know he won games. I would too with that team. Like, That's true. Sorry. That's yeah. true. But then he's. But then it feels like the past couple of years he's always injured. It's like, man, I just. What are you doing, Indianapolis? Yeah, dude. It's be, well, think about this, man. Okay, so the, so the mascot is a, uh, you know, horseshoe, horse, right? Yeah, yeah. Horseshoe. But um, it, you know, think about that horseshoe as the uh, offensive line. Throw that fucking thing off the fucking helmet. They have no offensive line. Oh my god. You know, that's just the thing. Like they they set out their franchise quarterback. They're gonna pay a shit ton of money. They're putting all their fucking ducks, you know, eggs in one basket with this son of a bitch, and they're not protecting them. Again, so you, look at, you, get. you look at a team like the Dallas Cowboys two years ago. They had the best offensive line in football. I think they lost two guys in free agency th- yeah. after that year, but they had the best offensive line in football. Their running back was already talented, but then you also had a rookie quarterback that was given a shit ton of time to stand in the yep. pocket and make those accurate throws. I mean, sometimes it's the offensive line that can make the biggest difference. It always starts in the trenches. It's, it's cliche to say that, but it's so true. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, the, the, it's the, those bruisers. Yeah, the, the, the defensive line gets the pressure on the quarterbacks. It makes the corner. It makes the cornerbacks look good because they don't have to cover for as long, right? Yep. And you're, they're getting air and throws. Offensive line gives the quarterback time to throw. Gives the the running back. Uh, holes to run through. I mean, it's it, it all comes down to the, the trenches, man. Yep, basically does. All those bruisers. All those bruisers drinking their beers. Yep, basically. Drinking their foreign beers. All right, well, I mean, we covered basically everything, it feels like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we should probably run down what we got coming up this week on the Grapple Talk Network. Yeah, what do you mean, like shows? Or do you mean, like, what, what like? I, what I do don't you, know. What, like, um, What do you want from me? Regular guy gaming. There was a new one this past week. Yeah, yeah, we did a uh, review of the Black Panther uh, flick. Uh, me and RGG sat down and talked about that. We were both super hyped about it and really enjoyed the movie. So go listen to that. It's a good, you know, forty-minute discussion about the movie, what we thought about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, RGG goes on a rampage about uh, hating Smarks. I don't know why he did that, but he talked about that. Well, that sounds and, about uh, right. AC Riley dropping uh, a rally factor after like falling off the face of the earth for two weeks. 
uh, that talks about uh, reviews the last RCCW show, which was like a month ago. So mm-hmm. uh, there's that. Uh, new Ross Family New broadcast. Ross Family Podcast. Yeah. Which, uh, who was their guest? Ding, 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 ding. They had... Uh, it's on the tip of my tongue, but I'm not going to be able to get it. They did have one of the originators of the Rebels of Wrestling, actually, on this past week. And it was a pretty good one. Um, I forgot his name. Chaos, wasn't it? Chaos? Yeah, yep, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. So That's what it was. Go figure, you know, like, chaos. That's what this Grapple Talk Network yep. basically is. But, uh, again, another good podcast there. And then this upcoming week, Jesse, I know for sure that you will be at ACW. I don't yep. know if I'll be there or not. I don't know. It depends on what we got cooking up here at uh, KQEG when it comes to high school sports. I'm just... I'm just going to put it out there. Right now, basically, we only have one sales guy. And it's tough. He, yeah, and it's very tough to run up a, a lot of sales because even with the broadcast and the way that we do it, we have to pay a fee to the WIA just to cover the games. Yep. So we have to make X to at least go do those games because what's the point of doing the games if you're not making money? So at this point in time, we're looking at Central. We're filing Central Boys this week. That should be really a lot of fun. Um, kind of hedging our bets to see where some of that stuff goes. Um, definitely Aquinas women. Man, the, I don't think there's a team in, in women's basketball in the state that can actually touch this team. Yeah, they're, they're very, just that good. They should um, not lose. They should probably not lose. So we're following them this week as well. And, yeah, yeah, so that's going to be a lot of fun. And we're going to see where some of the dark horses end up, like like a team like an Alaska, especially that boys program. They've always had a solid program. We'll see where they'll go. Um, the women as well. Um, we'll probably, you know, Thomas Sparta, they, they can actually shake some stuff up. They got some competitive teams there. Same, same with Logan. Logan played a really tough schedule this year. And I think a lot of people say they actually probably underplayed this year. But yeah. I think they overplayed. Yeah. So we'll kind of see where that goes. Yeah, definitely. It's a lot of fun when it comes to high school sports time, and uh, we are looking forward to that, and we are looking forward to another great ACW show this upcoming Friday, as well as you should be looking forward to all of these shows that are happening in your area. If you have the chance, go out and support independent wrestling. Hit up the Grapple Talk, Grapple Talk uh, on Facebook dot com slash the grapple talk otherwise on twitter at the grapple talk we post those upcoming shows to let you know if there's any in your neck of the woods in the midwest yeah that's pretty much it <laughs> i don't know i don't think there's anything else we can cover dude man. we're just kidding yeah i gotta go yeah. to i gotta go to a, a meeting which sucks i dude i woke up at um we, we were just contemplating buying this house last night yeah, did and you we guys? Were, we were thinking like, about did it. you guys put the post-its up on the wall and did you like your fucking like? Oh, this is a really good reason why we should buy this house. No, we did not no. do that, but we were really, we really liked it. Um, it was very inexpensive. I'm gonna fall asleep with my eyes closed here, and um, people fall it was asleep. it was inexpensive, mm-hmm. and uh, um, it had a lot. There was a lot of potential, but the thing is, is that dude, I am like is it the, haunted? I am like the least manliest man in the world. You say Nick, Nick, we are considering. Wanting you to do manly things, I say, nay, I cannot. Wait, 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 wait. wait. So, so I can make you a great roast, but if you want me to change out some cabinets, oh, you want me to retile a floor? Not happening. I can't. I can't YouTube. I can't Google that. I don't know how to. I don't have that skill set. So we looked at this house and we were like, man, it just has like the perfect bones to create into a you know home that we could call home, right? And uh, it got to the point where we looked at it and we we're just like, shit, that's gonna be a lot of work. Not only work, but money. So then, you know, yeah. but, but but anyways, we're contemplating last night, and eventually I go to bed. I watch, you know, I, I, I rewatched uh, all of uh, BCB's matches so I could uh, feel somewhat prepared, even though I didn't reference any really of the matches or any moments of the matches, which makes me feel like an idiot. But anyways, um, stayed up till midnight doing that, and then uh, I'm like, well, I'm going to bed now. 
woke up at 4.30 to let the dog outside, so I only yeah. got, you know, whatever. And uh, and I just couldn't fall back asleep. I was thinking about this house the entire time. And I, I got up. I had a cup of coffee, and I'm like, this is my life. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to be awake now. And I'm really feeling it now. I'm very tired right now. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, late I'm, afternoon. I'm, I'm glad you had a cup of coffee because, like, I went to go get my coffee this morning. And um, for whatever apparent reason, the, uh, the lid I got was probably the shittiest lid. It literally <laughs> fell apart on me. What? Like, yeah. Like, um, so, like, the dart lid, when you open it up, it's got it's already got a hole yeah. cut out. So, apparently, that one didn't get punched all the way through or some uh. shit. So, I'm like, oh, why, why, why am I not having coffee here? So, like, I took off that part. And within doing that, somehow, someway, I ruined the cup. Oh, no. And, like, plastic fell in my coffee. I, I don't know how that oh, happened. Man. So, like, I had, like, maybe six ounces of coffee. Oh. That ruined my day. Yeah, you know, I got I got into work. I had, had a meeting off-site. The, mm-hmm. the nice secretary that had... Uh, helped us set up the time for the meeting was like, would you, you know, because they're always like, would you like any water or coffee? And the most, probably 90% of the time yeah, they yeah. go, no, nah, I'm good. I was like, yes, I would love a cup of coffee, black. Black as the fucking black hole uh, that's going to eventually gobble up the universe. Like, that is what oh, I man, want. Oh, man, there was actually a really cool black hole story. I should shoot you. They're theorizing a black hole. If you actually made it through, you would actually lose your memory. That makes yeah, that makes sense. Cause, yeah. But but you would also be dead. No, you could probably make it through. How would you make it through, dude? It's it like twists you in like seven. It like pulls you. It like stretches you out like a piece of spaghetti. Okay, what it, but it, what it does though, it's like it. Okay, so the way the way I always heard it kind of works. I've done research is, on this. It's very much it's like a breathe in, breathe out type of thing. Okay. Okay. So as the black hole is burning stuff in, it has another side where it shoots stuff out. I thought that was a wormhole. No, it's a black hole, man. That's a black it's hole? Yeah, it's a black hole. I don't know. Black holes are scary, dude. Yeah, no, not you ever, really. You ever, honestly, you give me a choice. I'm going to bed. You go, Nick, you can either watch and read up on black holes or you can look at scary ghost stories. I'm choosing scary ghost stories every time. Black okay, holes okay. make me contemplate life, and I get nervous, right. and it scares me. All right. If I, you have to make a list of intergalactic things to worry about, asteroids. Okay. Motherfucker. Those things could... Fuck us up. Um, supernovas. Okay. Electrical storms. Solar storms. I would put black hole probably around like eight or nine wow. on that list. Yeah. Damn. You ever think that's weird how like we don't – like it's like we've been around – I mean, and again, it's like how relative is time. But it's like you look at an asteroid and it's like, dude, why haven't we gotten like totally smashed by one in a long time? Oh, well, we've, we've had gotten smashed by them. So like the um, – the incident in Russia, beginning of the nineteenth, twentieth uh, century, or whatever. If that asteroid would have hit instead of exploding, fuck, dude, that would have wiped out a lot of shit. Because you saw the damage it did to that Russian forest, yeah. hundreds of miles, trees yeah. just knocked down. We, we, you do have a lot of um, like the video evidence of like asteroids coming in and just exploding. That's just kind of ha- how it happens. But like every once in a while, you do have the impacts. So like the impact that actually ended basically the age of the dinosaurs. Like, that fucked up. The I don't planet. believe that. I don't think that really happened. Dude, fuck, man. The whole Yucatan. Like Dinosaurs that whole, aren't real. Dude, the Yucatan, dude. That whole thing's a fucking crater. Um, they're theorizing that the um, the Ice Age basically ended and then started again because of a fucking asteroid impact on the mm. ice cap. Mm. So, that's a really fun one, too. So, it's basically what it is. It's like, all right, so you're already having it melt and then it hits, and then it brings up all that other moisture, plus it clouds. 
So at that point in time, is there an asteroid that is also carrying a zombie disease? Is that a thing? Zombie disease? Yes. It's totally not a thing. <laughs> totally not a thing. It's called fucking reality, Nick. We're zombies right now. When it comes to capitalism. Oh my gosh. Yep. yep. Shoot. Shooting He's shooting society. So hard. Yeah. Fuck Roman Reigns. Yeah. Fuck that son of a bitch. Um. Fuck WWE creative. You know what I do hate about What's Roman that? Reigns actually a lot. And What's now that? we're just kind of like rambling because honestly, I you have to. to I, well, no, no, no. I have to be to this event at quarter to six. Yeah. And I don't want to drive all the way home and then drive all the way back into the oh, downtown lacrosse. Okay. So, um, Roman Reigns though. You know what I dislike? Oh, what's that? I wish that he would just grow the full beard and not do the goatee. <laughs> I'm serious. So, so you're saying like his uh, his lazy shaving is one of the reasons why you hate him? No, I wish he had lazy. I wish he had more like I'm a regular guy. I don't care what my facial hair looks like as much. Here's my beard growing because oh, like he on. comes out to Elimination Chamber. Really, really well-shaved goatee. And I'm just like, ah, okay, I don't like right. that. This, this is the reason why I'm saying it's lazy. I don't like it. Lazy. Because if he if he would have actually cared about his, per, you know, his appearance, he would actually shave the goatee. You think so? But he's just like, oh, man, I could have an aura of fucking danger. Dude. I'm going to shave my cheeks. If he didn't have any facial hair, he would look like a statue. He would be the perfect heel. Oh, my God. I can see it now. I can see him coming out. And just oh my gosh, just a shiny chin. So so what? I can it, see the so shiny after chin. after he beats Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, which yeah. fuck folks, we know it's gonna happen. If if it doesn't, I'm gonna eat a shoe on this podcast. I will eat my own ass if that doesn't happen. Holy shit! Okay, yeah. so anyhow, if he comes out, he's just the corporate reigns. <sighs> what if we get a WrestleMania 17 turn by Roman Reigns? And Vince is uh, like, damn it! I this is my what, what, It's like him and Heyman instead of Vince. Fuck that. You have Vince come out and go, I hate Lesnar as the champ, you piece of shit. You know, you take my title, you go work for UFC, you're talking shit. I'm Reigns as my guy, I've been saying it all along. And then it's like, dude, that's a real shoot. But, you know, it's, he's buying it and he shaves the goatee. It's like, whoa. He yeah, loses but- the vest. He shows us his big, his kind of like beer belly tummy thing that he has going on, his big nipples. It's like, <laughs> whoa. This dude's a total fucking heel. Ah, I'm so I hate angry. him because of his big nipples. No, man. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. It's just like, all right, all right. Here's, see, here's the yeah. other thing I noticed, right? You go back to, like, the Elimination Chamber, mm-hmm. and you look at, like, uh, it's just like, it feels like Roman just doesn't have, like, that, he doesn't have, like, the, like, believe that. Like, that's not a catchphrase. Oh, okay. He yeah. doesn't have a catchphrase. He doesn't have, like, a cool, like, pose. Like, here, again, you look at. He does. Oh, the jerking off of the forearm thing? Yeah, that's a pose. But he doesn't, you know, I, I don't know. I just don't, I don't know. It's just like something feels bland about him. Dude, the whole thing is bland. Everyone's got a fucking nickname. They shoehorn into like, as they call the match, oh, here's the architect now taking on the demon. They really do. Oh, here's Seth Rollins actually being an architect because he's, he, him and He's Finn building Bell the are, cage. He's yeah. building the cage of his architectural degree. You ever wonder how much that frog splash must have hurt coming off the top of that uh, pod? That must probably have been very painful on the probably. knees. Yeah. yeah, it probably probably hurt even more the next night when he actually jumped three-fourths across the room. You know, it's kind of crazy to think that Seth Rollins finally feels like he is back at 100% after that last knee surgery. I yeah, mean, it really, so he's really a year coming and a half. off. Yeah, yeah, he's really coming off, I think, as like, you know, like the the top guy. I really think so. Yeah, but and he I'm, still kind of really comes off as whiny Seth Rollins. Eh. Uh, it's not his you voice. Like my, you like my red pants? No, it's like it's it, it's everything. It's like a South Park it. character. You know, eh, I got red pants. Eh. 
No, but um, no, I think it's just like for whatever apparent reason, I don't know what it is, but like WWE space or what is no, it? No, no, WWE has a hard time realizing that some of these guys have really good stories, and they just give us artificial fucking stories, and they're being cast wrong in their roles. It's like they're playing WWE. SmackDown versus Raw, and they're playing GM mode, and they're booking the writers, and they're like, what are these storylines? Oh, patriotism. I'm going to – what does this say for a description? Let's use that. Let's use that, Jonathan. Go write, go write a promo for Roman Reigns tonight. About patriotism. About patriotism. I love the USA, bitch. Whoa. Oh, Whoa. shit. He's like, he's like, I think everyone's got a right to bear arms, and he flexes. Bitch. Bitch. Holy shit. <laughs> You can call that a shoot, but not in a school. Bitch. <laughs> I really think that is the key to all good promos is you just need to cuss at the very end. Yeah, you basically, okay, so so bitch and Roman Reigns vernacular, is that a period or is that an exclamation point? I think it's a period. Like you punctuate the end of a sentence with bitch. You know, it's what not if like we, what bitch. If, what if he was like bitch, period? Oh, then it would be even uh, that be, maybe uh, actually it's uh, overboard actually yeah, that might be might overboard be, but uh, let's I think we should yeah we should probably have a cuss counter on on these I'm, I that's the other thing too is like how are they uh, like what are they gonna do next week are they gonna have like Roman Reigns come out and he's like wearing like a New Japan shirt and he's like I love New Japan because that's where real workers are from oh, and all the smarks are like oh my god he's gonna be like he'll come out and be like man I remember when I was playing. Smackdown, burn the pain on the PS One. That was and, right. And uh, here's Brock Lesnar, and I was just like, "Oh man, this guy's really tough." And then I got in the ring with him, and he was nothing but a bitch. And it's just like, okay, wow, wow, that's a great so, promo. So, so you bring up like old school video games. That's something that everyone loves. Um, you bring up the fact that like Brock Lesnar's been there forever. You also bring up the fact that you're young. Oh wow. You know, I think Roman Reigns also just needs new music. When I was a part of the Shield, man, we didn't back down from anyone. Because this is our yard now. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> you know, I've been, I made a bunch of WrestleMania in the last four years. Tell me I didn't deserve that. <laughs> Bitch. Like, you know, like, each and every one of those promos that you keep cutting are like, they're just so good. I, I don't know. Like, they're, I don't know why that wouldn't okay. be, they wouldn't write that. I, I don't mean, know. I, I, I don't. I don't think par- I think most of it is because you're saying bitch at the end. I think that makes the promo. Okay, so if like Abe Lincoln, <sighs> the Gettysburg Address, would have finished it, and he's just like, bitch. He throw down his top hat. I don't think we. Ha- I don't think you Throws know. Up the, X. the Civil War had already happened at that point, but I think it reverts. I think it. We rewind back in time, and none of it ever happens. I think it's that influential. So so if if Abraham Lincoln would drop bitch at the end of the Gettysburg Address. Oh, I was thinking about the Emancipation Proclamation. So never oh, mind. Oh, even that. Like, yeah. okay, so like that. Okay, so that was later, though. Yeah, that was at the end of the war. I was, oh no, 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 no! That was around like sixty-two. Gettysburg was like sixty-three, wasn't it? I don't remember. I know you're just confusing me. Wasn't it? Look at this. Now we have historians that are listening to like, listen to these fucking idiots. We're paying attention in middle school history class. What a bunch of fucking bitches. Yeah, you know we were actually paying attention in middle school history class. It's just <laughs> dates, man. Yeah. You yeah. know what, what feels terrible? And I'm going to tell RG, and I'm, I'm going to say this on this podcast. Um, and it probably makes me sound like a terrible person. Well, because you are. Uh, me and RGG were discussing Black Panther. Okay. And uh, he made a good point. He's like, you know, I, I, I don't really know about my ancestry because I don't, I, I, I don't know, you know, whatever. And he's like, but I bet, I, I bet you kind of do. And I was like, 
He's like, you don't tell me about it. And I was like, aside from like some very general knowledge, I have no fucking idea where I come from. Yeah, that's the crazy thing. It's like no matter what, and not not taking anything away from anyone. It's like what it is is I hate to say it, no matter what, it is just like the hustle and bustle of American life post World War Two, where no one gives a shit. Yes. I don't know exactly. what it is. I don't know what it is, especially when it comes to white culture. Like I had this conversation with my dad one time. Um, he was very drunk, you know, so it's very fun. Um, he was he was bitching and moaning about how like public school systems are actually teaching like a second language. He's like, why do why do the Mexicans get to keep Spanish? Oh, my gosh. And, uh, you know, it was part of me. I was like, well, dad, you know, number one's probably like, you know, it's a good thing to have a second language no matter what. You know, uh, number two, it's like you have an influx of the population. It's just how it kind of goes. Yeah. Uh, number three. You know, um, that's actually not their fucking native language. That's Spanish <laughs> that comes from fucking Europe. You know, and then it's just like, you know, it's like, what the fuck? You know, and then at the same time, it's like, yeah, you know, like, he's like, oh, they made, they made us made us forget German. I'm like, yeah, there's nothing stopping you from picking up a book. Yeah. The Rosetta Stone on German. Yeah. You know, spend 230 fucking bucks and learn German. But that, you know? and that, and again, I think that all comes down to yeah. uh, um, a little bit about just like what you kind of value like honestly and it probably sounds selfish and i and this might actually to some people come off as idiotic yeah or or self-entitled or privileged or whatever but it's like i i don't care what i mean honestly like Uh it it sounds horrible because at the end of time at the end of the day and this is getting maybe a little philosophical but it's like what is the meaning of life is it understanding your roots and where you came from if you have the ability to do that is it is it shame on you for not attempting to chase what it is that you that you came from, or is it just your right as a human? I mean, for me, if I have the ability to go and see where the first Ragnars were and, and find that stuff and I don't do it, is it shame on me? Or is it, hey, is it just, no, that's Nick's prerogative, dude. Who gives a two fucks what he's doing? You know, doing? I, I think it's a combination of, like, one of two things. I, I think you do have – we do have the luxury of learning about history because even though we're living in this moment, like everything that led up to this moment basically has led to this moment. So like getting the opportunity to actually learn where you come from, your family origins, the stories that make you, because you actually carry that around with you. Uh-huh. You know, like your your DNA, your genetics is generation upon a generation upon a generation of different family branches, like your mom's side, your dad's side, and then their, their mom and dad's side and stuff like that. Like the story stretches all the way back to the first fucking little cave dude who's just like, Oh fuck! I'm, you know, oops. like, oops! I just jerked off. Uh, or, now, yeah. Or, oh my god! I'm gonna have sexual relationships with this woman, and we're gonna eat magic mushrooms at the same time, and we're <laughs> gonna start a whole new fucking race. You know, it's it goes all the way to the fucking back beginning, and it's kind of cool because, you know, you have like the services of like Ancestry.com and stuff like that. Or, like the um, there's a DNA company. It's like a 27 something, but I don't know what the fuck it was. But, you know, you can actually trace it back kind of that way. So, like, learning your story, your family story, definitely is one of those things. Because, like, it was, like, RGG had his, his father passed away this earlier this year. And he was finding out some of his father's stories were actually fucking true. Yeah. And that's crazy, you know, like, because, like, his father had some really good stories. Yeah. Like, he was buried with a fucking samurai sword, motherfucker. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? But, yeah. But, you know, that's okay, because he's going to be buried with a fucking PlayStation controller, so that's okay, too. Yeah, most likely. Yeah, yeah most likely. likely. I just think, I think it's an interesting conversation to have, because, again, when we discussed that, I was just like, you know, honestly, I probably have the ability to know a lot about my history mm-hmm. and where my ancestors came from, but I don't, I don't know. And then I'm not even. What the fuck were we talking about that got us on this tangent? 
I don't know. I have no idea. Was it wrestling related? I don't even know. Now I'm all confused. But again, it's just like it's it's weird to think about. Yeah. That was a pretty good discussion, I think, for the most part. Yeah, definitely. This is probably the longest episode we've had in a while. And so uh, thanks for uh, tuning in to uh Yeah, sorry. Talk. That was a, yeah, kind of a yeah, cutoff there. Shit. But uh, yeah. again, thanks for joining us. Thanks to uh, Brew. The did Beer City Bruiser. I did it again, man. The you Beer know, City you know Bruiser. what we should do? We should just go to ROHWrestling.com and actually buy you a t-shirt. So I can always look down and remind pro, myself. ProWrestlingTees.com so you can actually have the t-shirt. So I can or, remind myself. Or you can get the can koozie. Oh, the can. That's yeah. right. What a great idea that would be. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, The Beer City Bruiser for being on. We really appreciate that. Obviously kind of sandwiched in between two lengthier segments, so we apologize for that. But we got on tangents. We can't help it. Yeah. This is who we are. But I will, if, if for some reason you mm-hmm. are listening to the end of this podcast, I will put the timestamps in. So, I mean, I'll put that, those yeah. in there so you can see when the interview was. Because, again, I think that that honestly could even probably stand on its own as its own thing. But uh, we'll, we'll obviously include it in the hey, episode. if you but. ever want to know about your, like, family history, like, maybe that would be, like, a kind of a cool little gimmick that we do in the podcast where we kind of, like, trace our family roots. And yeah. Like, wow. Wow. I, I, I can't believe my great uncle – was Hitler? It was Hitler? Oh my <laughs> god! Holy shit! <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> bitch. But like you know, <laughs> it's just like you know, like we we it could be a fun little thing because you know, like understand like there's some people who like to brag that like my family came over on the Mayflower. <laughs> yeah, well, fuck your family. You know who brags about that? You if you pro- fucking brag about that, go eat a dick. Oh, it was someone I was talking to recently. You're like. One of my relatives was on the Mayflower, and he actually fell off the boat. But luckily, he held onto a rope. How do they know that? Because apparently, that's like a type of story. Did he write a journal about it or something, or yeah, what? You know, it was it was called "How I Survived the Mayflower." What is that like a New York Times bestseller? What no, is that? no, it was before the New York Times. It was the uh, the the Plymouth Rock bestseller. It kind of sounds like a porno. It probably you know, like, but, you know, but like no. I, I accidentally yeah. a female got on the Mayflower, and they're like. Off with her head, and she's like, "Wait, I have an idea." Then all of a sudden, I mean, how I, I mean, survived the Mayflower. I and mean, then it's like, "Bum chicka wawa." Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, sure. See, I don't know, man, but like you have stories like that, you know. And it's like, I always wonder too. It's like, okay, oh man, ugh. but like, if if you're, it, it's weird because then you you put this weird spin on old money and how long yeah. you're in a country that was supposed to be a fucking sanctuary from people who are doing the same fucking thing. Now you're talking about Black Panther. Yeah. Well, full circle. Yep. That's why it's such a good movie. It's a good fucking movie. Still number one in the box office, by the way. Um, it is on pace right now to actually beat the Avengers. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow, that's a that's phenomenal. That's crazy. Yeah, no shit. And now we're gonna get the Avengers later this year, which is mostly probably gonna be very action packed, not very story driven, and uh, yep. it's gonna kind of uh, appeal to a different comic book fan, video watching if audience. You're, if you're Marvel and Disney, and you're seeing the money that, like, you probably already knew that Black Panther was going to be, you know, a, it was gonna be like a tentpole film. It was gonna make a lot of money, but I don't think you expected no. it to be as good as it nope. is. Do you change some of your plans, like post Infinity War? So that's the problem is that you have to look at the at Black Panther moving forward and does it still have the same effect on people after this first one? I mean, because this first one was on, honestly, we talked about it in RGG. This first one was cultural. I mean, it, it was it was something that we don't get a lot a lot from these superhero flicks, 
and I don't know if you can necessarily have that same impact on a second movie. So I don't know. I think that's I think that's why those writers get paid so much. That's why the people that make those decisions get paid so much. But honestly, I do think that as we talked about, and I think that you've recommended, it's an opportunity after this uh, whole Infinity War thing happens. It's an opportunity to spotlight Black Panther and this and and Tom Holland as Spider Man and some of these other characters as the future of the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, whoever they honestly, whoever they tell us to love, I mean, if they they highlight Iron Man, they highlight Thor, and again, those are very popular comics. But if you do that in the cinematic universe, here's the crazy thing: they weren't fucking doing shit, yeah, book sale wise, yeah. Like they were actually, there was there was a lot of like gambles. They took a lot of fucking gambles. They're like Iron Man, like really? He's not doing shit in comics. Like they took a lot of gambles, but they they cast it right. They had a good director, they had a good story and stuff like that. And they have the ability. That means Mm -hmm. moving forward, you know, Black Panther. People don't know as much about Black Panther, but that's because he hasn't had three or four movies made about him, like Iron Man and Thor and Hulk and all these other guys, or like a multitude of animated series, like the X Men or Spider Man or Batman or something like that. But if they go forward and continue to tell these great stories, I don't see why Black Panther can't be the Are we face get of Marvel a Black moving Panther, forward. Like kids' cartoon show now. Is, it's time for the Black Panther. Is, is he is he eventually going to get a symbiote symbiote and uh, become uh, emo? No, dude. That movie is Spider Man Three has been on television way too much lately i rewatched yeah. and it's always every time i go to the movie it's the same da- it's the same fucking dancing dance scene. Yeah. it's every time it's awesome i love i've i've like it's weird i've hated it at first and now i love it well because I, I think i wonder if like some of it is like you just appreciate the cheesiness of it now gosh it's so cheesy yeah. And the hair in the eyes, and he's, like, flipping it out of there, and it's like, oh, Peter Parker, damn you. Yeah, yeah. Damn you. I don't know, man. I'm still on record saying, like, the, the first Spider-Man movie there with, um, yeah, that, that first Spider-Man movie was. Have you seen Homecoming? No, still not yet. Oh, okay. I'm behind, man. I'm behind on a lot of stuff, man. I still haven't seen Guardians 2. Besides Hot Aunt May, it's a good movie. I just can't go uh, to the fact hot, that Aunt May is hot. Hot Aunt May. Jesus Christ. That's yeah, weird. Yeah. Now like, you, you gotta you gotta you gotta forget the fact that she was in the wrestler too, with her boobies out. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean that's it's weird. It mm-hmm. is super weird. It's like Uncle Ben they because they portray it after Uncle Ben dies, right? Yeah. But it's still young Aunt May, so it's like oh, but then it's young Peter Parker, which is what you you know it's it's so it's just weird. Well, it's like, Uncle Ben doesn't have to be fucking geriatric. That's true, but it, it makes him more be, cute. Aunt May has to be geriatric. She has to be. Yeah. Cause she's like cute old Aunt May. Yeah, yeah. In the comics, uh, it was great. They would have a thing where uh, Doc Ock had a flirtation with Aunt May. Oh my god! And he would actually take Aunt May on dates every oh once in a while. God. And Peter's like, "Oh, that's Doctor Octopus," but I can't say anything because Aunt May is actually really happy now. I will say that also the new yeah. Deadpool movie looks like it's going to be good again. Yeah, it's because you're going to keep on doing the same type of humor. You get a bigger budget, you know. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of exciting things coming out. And then the X Men. Didn't they talk about the X Men being introduced in the MCU at some point? Now uh, it's a point, deal yeah, with. But like, it, it sounds weird though. So like, Fox is continuing to develop properties. Like the Venom with, thing we talked with about. With the that, Venom yeah. thing, and um, no, actually that's Sony. Oh yeah. So Fox sorry. is doing. They're developing products, uh, projects basically for X Men and Fantastic Four stuff. So like today, it came through the wire that um. Like Brian K. Vaughn is actually writing perhaps a Silver Surfer movie. Oh, so that was like one thing they were kind of talking about. Um, with Marvel, you do have both like the Phoenix 
movie coming out, you have the New Mutants coming out, you have yep. Deadpool, an X Force movie. Um, there's talk about the Kitty Pride movie written by uh, Brian Michael Bendis, which is actually kind of big because like Bendis just left Marvel and he's about to start up writing for DC. Oh, and Bendis has been one of the main guys for Marvel for the last like two decades. Wow, okay. you know, so it's kind of it's kind of interesting how that's kind of working where. Where Fox is actually bringing in comic writers to help develop some of these movies, and because you see that too with like even the MCU, like some of the writers are actually guys helping with the books right, right now. Yeah. So. Hmm. Lots of exciting things ahead in the world of everything. I think it's pretty safe to say. Yeah, basically. I don't, Besides I, black holes. Yeah, black holes. Man, I, I still want. I want to go through a black hole, man. It'd be a way to go. Yeah. Like if he's like, how do you want to die? It's like black hole, brother. Yeah. Whoa. So you don't want to drive your car off a cliff like uh you know like like please no like please. I'm gonna go in that black hole face first or legs first I don't know feet first oh man belly first what if, what if you Ass get to first. the what if you get to the black hole and it has a sign please go down feet first and you're gonna be like fuck you black hole I'm going but down I'm going down face first, first. <laughs> <laughs> And then, you're dead, and, then you're dead. and then you're dead. That's the yeah, end of it. You're just dead. Speaking of the end of it, this uh, Grapple Talk Network flagship edition uh, has fallen to a black hole. We're trying to kill some time here. I thought it was a fun discussion, Jesse. Uh, thanks for yeah. having me this week. Ain't no problem, man. Hey, Nick. Hey, thanks for having me this week. You know? Nice. All right. Yeah. Well, that does it for this week on Grapple Talk. As always, get out and support independent wrestling, and we'll catch you next time right here on the Grapple Talk flagship. Bitches.